Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, December the 11th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we have my man, Matt Brown, in the house. But before I jump into that, real quick reminder, uh, Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live and we are rocking in there, you guys. If you want all my weekly workouts... The programs, a lot of the challenges we do, everything is loaded up in there. Mobility, nutrition, you name it, we got you guys covered. You get a free trial for a week if you guys want to get down. Jeremy'sGotFitness.app, it's in there. The link is in the show notes here if you guys want to get down with us. And also, we are loading our 47-day transformation in there. I believe January the 9th is the kickoff date. It'll be a premium option in there. It is completely loaded. Uh, We coach you guys actually week by week. There is a ton of stuff in there. we basically reshot 98% of it uh, to update it for the app. So that's coming to you guys. The first thing we're going to do in January, but if you want to get down before that, all my weekly workouts will be in there, all the stuff we do through the holidays. And again, programs for all the levels, beginner, intermediate, advanced, dumbbells, at home, you name it. We got you guys covered. So in the show notes, check it out. JeremyScottFitness.app. you got questions, just ask. Otherwise, do a week for free if you like it. Stay with us for a couple of pennies if you guys think it sucks. I'm happy to send you somewhere else. And you already know this episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you guys struggle to eat enough fruits and vegetables, and let's be real, most of us do, this is the one thing I would throw into your life. So if you travel, this is great for the holidays. Again, it's that time of year where people get sick, they have colds, want to keep your immune system in check. You still need to eat real food and not drink a bunch of booze and treat your body like shit. But if you can do that and put some athletic greens on top of it, you guys will be good to go. In my opinion, it's the best tasting greens on the planet. and It's not even close. If you want to try it, the website is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. We'll give you guys a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. And if you want to try it, just to see if you like it before you buy it, message us. Don't feel weird. Hit us up. Email uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you guys are at. And we will send you a pack right to your front door 100% for free to try on us. If you like it, then get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. So again, don't feel weird about reaching out. Just hit us up and we will get you some today. Otherwise, the link is in the notes. Athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott gets you guys hooked up with all the free stuff off the bat. All the other sponsors are in the show notes here. Our homies at Beam um, with the Dream product, which is what I take most nights to go to sleep. If you guys want a free sample of that, we got those. Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, sleeves sold separately, and our friends at JLab Pro. All the discounts are in there. Again, if you guys have questions on that, please just ask. And again, inside the app, we have full breakdowns of all the supplements that we take, um, the ones that we recommend to people. Uh, and all the questions basically asked around there, we've loaded all that content in there. So it's in there if you want to check it out for free. Otherwise, hit up the notes here below and everything is inside. Whew, always a mouthful. All right. Matt Brown, my man, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. So um, who, who the hell are you? What do you do? I'm an uh, educator, photographer, and musician, and uh, much to the points of what we discussed before we uh, hopped on here, more than anything, just uh, trying to pursue a life full of fulfillment, the things I enjoy, and being creative as as possible, and uh, just seeking out as much purpose, and having a positive impact on other people as much as possible during the time that I'm here. So, I mean, how far, let's see, how far do we go back here? Do you want to go the childhood story? Yeah, we can go there for sure. Right off the bat, I think yeah. it's it's an important piece. It's uh, not everybody on here comes on has the same story. So if it's you, um, again, full disclaimer: I've known Matt for 
basically your whole life. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Our moms are sisters, if that makes sense, everybody. <laughs> Aunts, cousins, you name it. Um, but I, rem- I remember, God, I had to been, I mean, how old are you now? Uh, I've got a birthday coming up, going to be 34. Okay, so th- I'm, what, I'm old as fuck. Okay, so what's like five years? Yeah, so I'm probably, you get a, a cancer diagnosis. How old are you? Five years old. Yeah, so I was probably 10. Yep. Because I, ki- I vaguely remember, I mean, I'm a little knucklehead. I vaguely remember it. But like, do, what do you remember from like that? Like, yeah, I can, I can remember uh, quite a bit actually. You know, they they say when you have a traumatic event as a child, you can remember more um, at a younger age than than I guess most most children who don't go through a traumatic event. But uh, what really stands out is the the really difficult days of, a, of treatment. So yeah, five years old, I was diagnosed with leukemia and battled that for about uh you know five years until it was put in remission around 10 years old but a lot of the days that stand out are the the difficult times so i can remember almost you know like certain smells even so like uh like the alcohol wipes you know like i can remember those from all the blood work that i had done and uh the spinal taps uh, the surgeries just you know you just little glimpses and little pictures from those those rooms and um, kind of the doctor counting down ten, nine, eight, seven, six. You know, as you're kind of falling asleep for those those big procedures. Those are the things that stand out. But with with those difficult times, it's also the the good times. You know, um, I remember our uh, uncle Gary coming to uh, oh, yeah. to the one of the one of my birthdays one December. I was in the hospital. I think it was very early on, so it was a difficult time and receiving some pretty heavy chemo treatments. And, uh, he brought me one of the starter jackets, the, the Viking starter jacket. Oh, and those are the shit, bro. It's like a, yeah, as a, as a birthday gift. So it was also the, the good things that stand out. It wasn't all bad. And, you know, sitting here today, uh, that difficult time, I think definitely shaped my life and, um, led me to where I am today. It's a big, it's a big part of who I am. Cause that's, I mean, a huge part. Like I remember when I'm, well, shit, I start playing real sport. I mean, real sports, like competitive sports and probably like eight, nine, 10, that's like traveling sports. But that's in this era where you're like, you're going through treatment. I'm assuming what is it, like steroids they put you guys on. Yep. Yeah. That's gotta be uh and like, when did you start to like, feel like, I mean, I guess, how do you even know like what normal is? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've thought more about that, you know, now as adult and looking back and it's like this, this weird combination of you think as a child, everyone else is going through it, but, you're not, you're not able to separate that. Well, all my friends are are still going to school, uh, but, but you think, you think they're, you know, they're, they're at school. I know they're somewhere else other than me, but they must be going through what I'm going through at just a different time. We're just not at the hospital at the same time. Oh, no shit. So yeah, you, you think everyone's going through it, but at the same time you're able to separate like, well, I'm not, I'm not at school with my friends. If that, if that makes sense, it's kind of this, like these two twisted worlds that, that combining. and, And as a child, you're not able to put them together. At least that, that was my experience. Well, yeah, because I guess you're young enough to where your reality is just this thing where it's not, you don't have a, there's no avatar to compare to. Right. Like, oh, yeah, my buddy must be doing the same thing, which is kind of trippy when I think about it. And so when, like when you're, when you go into like, hey, I'm in remission, when do you start, you know, I guess feeling like you're back to normal, like you're playing sports, you're doing everything. Do you remember that? I don't remember exactly. I do know, like to the mention of the steroids um, caused me to gain a lot of weight. And that's something that that I hung on to, you know, for, for quite some time. So early in those athletic years, I remember that was, that was difficult. You know, it's, it was difficult playing sports and, um, you know, not getting, you know, winded and just, just impacted my overall sports performance. And that's something that really drove me to, you know, try to pursue a healthy life and, you know, really get myself in shape. I think at a, at a fairly young age, just understanding like my sort of my body's not in, in, 
in younger kid terms, but my body's not where I, where I want it to be. And primarily at that time it was for, you know, sports performance. Like I'm, I'm not getting enough playing time. I want to, you know, improve where I'm at. I know I need to improve upon this. And then that shaped as time moved on. And, you know, we've discussed when sports are over, you know, this pursuit of, you know, I want, I want to take care of myself because I want to live, you know, the best life possible. And well, yeah, for most people like sports is, it's a huge part of your life, but it's also, you know, God willing, it's a small window of it, really. I mean, that, that I want to say, like, I don't really know what matters in terms of, like, when you play and what doesn't. But when you're, like, playing the men's league when you're 45, like, nobody gives a shit. Like, it's not a – it's different. So is that, like, the primary driver if you think, like, hey, I eat the way I eat now. I train the way I train. I take care of myself because I've had this experience and I, I, I didn't want to kind of be stuck in that mold. Because I would imagine for people it's tough, like, I guess you can go either way, right? Like you have this event where it's like, well, I'm going to get super healthy or fuck it. Like, this is like my story. I'm just not healthy. I'm overweight. This is how it's going to have to be. Like, so for you, is it like, that's the catalyst that started driving it and like maybe still to this day or no? Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely, you know, um, there's so many things, negative things that can happen to our, to our health, um, that are, that it's in our control. You know, if we, if we eat bad, we sleep poorly, uh, we don't exercise, we know, Science tells us that that sets us up for disease. I'm um, just negatively overall impacting our health uh, throughout our lives. Um, so, you know, that, that early foundation, um, knowing what it feels like to, to, to be sick is it, I don't ever want to be in that place again. Um, and then there's so many things that, that, you know, can come up. Obviously, like it's not, I didn't get leukemia because I was eating too much sugar from age zero to, to five. Oh, you bro, know? So, that was the case. Like, dude, in our era, we're all fucking done, dude. That's yeah. all I ate was Pop-Tarts and Mountain Dew, dude. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's, we know that um, there are some controllables and there's some things that are going to be completely out of your out of your hands. So uh, that was definitely, I think, as I look back, the catalysts. And I'm going to do everything that I can um, in order to not be in that situation again, knowing that at any time something could, you know, pop up that is completely out of my control. But if I'm, if I can control it, I'm in terms of health and wellness, like I'm, I'm going to try my best to, to set myself up to, to, to be successful and be healthy. And so this is such an early age. When do you remember just being like mindful or conscious of like the food that you ate? Like when we're like, you know what, this is shitty food. This is good food. I need to maybe start eating a little bit better if I want to, you know, look a certain way, move a certain way, feel a certain way. Because for me, I'm a, I'm the normal kid. I ate like shit and just did trash to my body till I was probably 20, probably 21, 22. That didn't even dawn on me. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to eat a tombstone pizza and like drink four Mountain Dews and like go play basketball and I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, was it different for you or no? It was, what I think back to actually was, uh, I believe it was seventh or eighth grade traveling basketball. We had tryouts. Too many guys came out for the team. Um, and I was the, uh, we, we each kind of sat down with the coach one-on-one -on -one after the tryouts. And he said, you made the team, but you're the 11th guy on the team. And there was 11 guys. So yeah. he's like, if you, if you want to play for us, like you, you, you're going to be on the team, but don't expect a lot of playing time. Um, and I can remember that, you know, to, to this day. And so it was the combination of that in terms of sports performance, me wanting to, to play, to not be the, the 11th guy on a team of 11. Yeah. Uh, but in addition, uh, you know, seventh, eighth grade time, you're starting to look around the room and what everybody else looks like. And we're starting to talk about, um, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, uh, and, um, you know, wanting to be, attractive so it was a combination of, of both of those things just saying like hey i'm 
I want to get some playing time, playing basketball, and I also don't, I'm not comfortable with the way I look anymore. And that's that was sort of that initial time where I really started to make some changes. I got my first book, which was uh, the Core Performance uh, yeah. series. Uh, and so started reading up on some things. I think that was about the same time I might have started diving in some of, uh, you know, just the common magazines that are out there pulling some different workouts, cutting, you know, cutting and, uh, we're old you guys. So yeah, when there was actual paper magazines, men's health, yeah. muscle and fitness, like what I do, flex, I would read like all this, all the shit that I was never going to look like, but I always thought it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And then, uh, you know, transitioning into to ninth grade, um, the Winona Senior High School, uh, the high school that I went to, had just, I, I want to say fairly recently, it might have been a little bit longer than, than than I remember, but what I do know is is that they had a really nice uh, weight room. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, uh, I remember yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Mr. Yank. Uh, he's, t- to this day, um, just just the best mentor, mentor I could ever ask for. So he really took me um, under his wing and just taught me so so much of of what i know today about you know lifting weights health and wellness and that's I, uh, five days a week i was there at 6 30 and he was he was there every day as well um and really created this community um in the weight room there and it's just a place that you you wanted to be and that's that's really where i fell in love with like i i enjoy getting up at 6 a.m and having my mom drop me off you know didn't didn't my license yet um and i, I enjoy being in this space i like the way that exercise makes me feel I'm like the benefit that I'm getting from it. Hey, I'm getting playing time on the basketball team now. Yeah. So all those things kind of came together. Um, but, a, but a huge shout out to him for making that just such an awesome place to be. Um, and looking back on it today was really set the foundation um, and kind of had that, that snowball, snowball rolling down the hill to where we are today, uh, where, you know, I, I, I greatly value. It's one of the biggest things in, in my life is just, you know, overall health and wellness and, and feeling good and trying to set myself up to live the longest best life possible it's crazy because like most kids wouldn't do that like in middle school high school like yeah i would get up early sometimes but i'm like fuck this dude like it was the worst he was like pulling teeth like i remember my old man would be like oh you got to get up and we're in the ghetto so it's like you're gonna put our window air conditioner in because we didn't have central air obviously anybody who's familiar and it's like he would always want to do it at like six in the morning for some terrible reason i'm like what are we do like why why can't this be done at 10 but you're a kid who can't even drive yet and no one's making you do this you're choosing to get up and go get dropped off at a weight room five days a week it's pretty rare yeah i was kind of the kind of the, the, the the odd one out i didn't you know looking back on it now you know that there wasn't there was there was other classmates who you know were in there a, a few days a week um and, and a, a couple others looking back that uh maybe were there all five days as, as well and we're working hard i think it for me personally it, like i already uh, shared it was these all of these different things coming together I, I wanted you know to get more playing time so i knew in terms of sports performance like at least that was the method that i was going to use i've, I've got to be there as many days as i can i can be there for five days i'm going to be there all five days i don't like the way i look I, I you know i want to feel better in my own skin uh that also takes care of that and then you know that third part was i just enjoy being here this is awesome i've got mr yankee leading me here it's it's a great place to be it's the best part of my day why would i not go well and the age range training is a real thing too where if you had never done that like let's say because again basically because you're what at the time 13 14 15 yeah your body's on like natural steroids essentially like yeah. that, i mean you're getting a boner every 10 minutes i mean it's just like the life of a 15 year old dude so you can take advantage of like 
these gains that you're naturally going to have in this era. But if you never did that and then you decided, hey, I'm going to, you know, keep maybe just the normal habits that a kid has and then start training at 25, you don't look the same today. Like you wouldn't look like the same person. Mm-hmm. Like that's a real thing for people who are listening. Like when people ask, well, hey, and they'll say crazy stuff like and I'm old now, but hey, Jeremy, like how do I look like you? I'm like, well, go back 20 years, dude. Like our genetics are different too. But I'm like, but go back and do what I did 20 years ago. Or actually, honestly, at this point, because it's like probably 25, six, seven years ago. Because when you're playing sports at 12, 13, 14, 15, you're doing push-ups, squatting, and you're lunging, your body is changing so dramatically. Or if you wait till you're 40, not that you can't, but it is a different, it's a different battle for sure. Yeah, that just that consistency over time, just day after day after day. Well, in the habits that like you learned then. So like, how does that equate to now? Because now obviously your life is much different. You're not, you know, a high school kid. You're a grown ass adult with a job and you got a bunch of shit to do. What is the, what do you still do from that? I mean, do you still train five days a week? Do you still get up early? How do you structure it now? You know, just, uh, it, it, it's a little bit different as, as time has moved on. Um, if I'm in, in the weight room four days a week, uh, that's, that's, that's a good week. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, like two days of some sort of outdoor activity, uh, gen- generally running or biking, um, could be just, could just be long walking or, you know, thro- throwing on a ruck and, and, and moving outside. And, um, that outdoor element's really important to me. So I don't always want to be inside exercising but so that, you, so you, you know, moved your ass to san diego yeah, yeah instead of being in minnesota right yeah it helps yeah. there to uh yeah. to, to have a little more warmth and, and, and some sunshine so that that would be you know that that's a really good week but like you said life happens um but very quickly i think back to your point of creating those habits is subconsciously you know you, you're just aware you're aware of what your body feels like and if you're not hitting those days and, and life gets really busy or you're, you're traveling and you're like oh, i've only got you know i only move my body or, or exercise you know two times this week i'm not i'm not feeling like i want to feel you're, you're just aware of that and then when times al- allows or you create the time you you get in that workout and, and that's to that point is where it's different where you know as you're moving through life or when I, when I was younger, it was always like, well, I get this full hour to work out and I'm, it's dedicated, you know, five days a week. Well, life is busy now and it's different. So it, it maybe it's just be plugging in, you know, a 20 minute workout, just trying to move my body for 20 minutes, um, and then carry on with the rest of my day. So just continuing to move, um, being more flexible with my schedule is one of the biggest things that I, that I've had to do just, just as life has gotten busier and you may not always have that, you know, full hour, for example, for five days a week. And like, is obviously the goal, you know, from when you're younger, it's typically like sports performance. And yeah, you want to look good because you want to have sex with girls. I get that. Um, or vice versa, who are, whatever you guys are into out there. So you know what I'm saying. Um, but what is the difference between maybe, you know, now versus like 20, 21, like 20 to 25 versus today? Because, you know, you're about 10 years older. Is the goal still the same or does that change too in just a decade? Because a lot of people listening like, well, hey, I'm going to train, you know, an hour and a half a day, every single day. I'm like, that sounds super great, dude. But if you have like, like a girlfriend, a wife, kids, a job, real shit, like sometimes that, that doesn't work out. And maybe the goal shifts too, or some, like, even for me, like, Hey, when I'm, you know, and I talk about this in here before when I'm like younger, and I'm like an ectomorph, Hey, I'm 180 pounds. That's gotta be 190. I gotta be 200. I got it. And then that just keeps going up. And then one day you're like, fuck dude, I'm 237 pounds. I got a fucking moon face. This is not a good look and I'm not healthy and I don't like this. And now as I'm older, it's not, you know, and this is not a negative talk. I'm not saying you guys can't get way better, but how am I going to get way stronger in my forties than I was in my, when I was 30? I don't think so. Like, am I going to be more athletic? Like I'm going to be like doing 
way more athletic things like with a basketball than I did when I was 22. Like I'm not. So my goal has changed. And I wonder for you if it's, if it's shifted at all too, especially with like how busy life is. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely has, you know, the, the, the goal now is not that I don't look at those performance goals. Cause I think there's still like you guys getting after this, this, this morning, you know, you, you attach a number to something or you're, oh, you're, you're chasing time. Uh, you know, that those definitely still do those things from time to time, not as often, or will you know, maybe take a two month period out of, out of a given year where I'm, you know, I'm really going to try to increase this, or I'm going to try to do this better on the performance side. But overall, sort of the overarching theme of all of it now is, you know, longevity, you know, when I'm 75, you know, I hope I live 75, 80, 85, or however long I live, I want to be a mobile, capable body um, during that entire time. And, And then looking at things now, like taking care of just, just really keeping an eye on things and having more, you know, frequent blood work done, and looking at all those different biomarkers and just, you know, attaching that to science and make sure I'm setting myself up um, to be as healthy as possible. It's not, and it's, it's, it's well beyond, you know, when we were younger, you know, just what's going on in the mirror. What's it look like when I stand in front of a mirror? Those things are still important. Don't get me wrong. Like I want to, I want to feel good in my skin and, you know, hang on to, uh, you know, muscle mass and do all those things for, for aesthetic reasons. But it's, it's more so for, you know, what's going on inside of my body, um, looking at those markers, tweaking things, um, to just keep myself as healthy as possible for as long as possible. And do you do like a certain amount of tissue work, mobility stuff? Like how do you structure it? Yeah. I mean, that's just the, the name, the name of the game is, uh, I, I do most of my work, uh, pre-workout. So a ton of mobility work. I kind of have to, in order to feel comfortable going into, you know, my resistance training. Uh, that's something, you know, that, that foundation was laid. I feel like much of because of athletics was just, you know, always taking care of the body, doing the stuff that's, you know, not, not, not as fun or, or glamorous, but almost, you know, coming up on 34, it just, it makes you feel so good. And, and it makes me feel more comfortable. Like I'm not going to do any damage or get injured or set myself up for failure as I move into a workout where I may maybe move in some more weight is, you know, I want to be ready to go and prime the body for that. So, um, in terms of, you know, mobility or tissue work that's a lot of the 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 things that i do on my own is is mobility pre-workout and uh you know i I should be more consistent uh you hold me to it now because i've said it here on the podcast but um with with having more tissue work done and you know and and going getting massages and i'll do that every few months but you know as time rolls on here that's something that i should be doing more often well it's the thing that it sucks it's not fun uh like when you get a massage at like a resort sure you can fall asleep do whatever some of these ones I go to, it's like, I need to put a mouth guard in because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're going to dig an elbow in your fucking hamstring right now. Oh, can you, you know, do go flex and extension? It, I'm like, no, I can't move my leg, dude. This is just murder. But it's those things that, I guess, allow you to train, you know, consistently for long periods of time. Like, do you do anything dumb, like, in your training? I don't, when I mean dumb, like squatting like what do you do now do you use any barbell stuff anymore or no yeah and that's the that's the that is i don't mean that barbell stuff's dumb i just no that's that's a relationship where um you know that's those movements are the ones i feel the next day or the next couple days maybe where i shouldn't but there's still that's where i'm still kind of married to that performance side well i'm not i'm not ready to stop you know back squatting or you know barbell you know benching and the next day you kind of wake up and you know like, ah, that, that doesn't feel right and i'm not talking about like muscle soreness but maybe like some joint pain where yeah. you know i was out of position or you know i need to work better on priming that movement before i go into it but still wanting to increase the performance side or move the weight up or uh, you know whatever it is that i that i'm doing trying to increase that specific number 
um, or, or measurement is if, if I'm doing anything where I'm sort of pushing it, where I'll maybe reconsider it the next day or think I might have to do that a little bit differently. I would say it's some of those, those barbell movements where I'm still, you know, going for strength and, and trying to hang on to it. But that's, that's not something that I'm doing, you know, week in and week out like I was when, when I was younger. So I've gotten better and yeah. we'll see as time goes on what, how that transitions. Well, it's like you have the base built, so like you know how to do it. And again, I'm not against barbell stuff. There's a lot of awesome benefits to it, but I just, for the average Joe from a, a safety standpoint, um, from being able to bail out standpoint, like it's just easier, uh, for a lot of people to do dumbbell work. And I still do a certain, probably deadlifting with the barbell is probably the biggest thing. Overhead pressing, maybe some of the bench press stuff. I don't back squat. Like it's been a long time for sure. I don't think BJ Gadur has done it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but again, his hamstrings look like a fucking aliens grown out of him. So it's like, you know, sometimes you can get away with certain things. And again, genetically we're all different. Like how tall we are, like biomechanics, like how we move. And for most people would just say like, if it feels good and you like to do it, then that's great. But if you feel like shit afterwards, like maybe you don't do it as crazy, but yeah. yeah let, let me throw that question back at you though. Um, that is something that I wanted to ask you today on, on the, on the podcast is you know, how have things changed over your time in terms of how you're, you're, you're training, whether that's frequency, uh, volume, the types of exercises that you're doing, you know, kind of where were you kind of take us through, through, through that evolution and where you are now and where you see those things changing over the next five, 10 years. Uh, I mean, like, obviously like you're, you play sports and that's the main driver of things. And you, you want to look good as like the kind of the secondary thing. And then it became, I didn't really care about, I mean, I don't say that like, then it became like, how do I look is like the main thing. But I also didn't want to be like a turd either, just cause that's more like, it's an ego thing of dudes. Like I'm older now. So now I don't have it and I don't give a shit. Um, but you can see like, even here, like we just had a Sunday events Metcon and like everybody's competitive in like this weird way. And like some people like more so than others. And you tend to be younger and it tends to be dudes who's like, whose dick is the biggest. Um, so I would train. Um, with like friends of ours, uh, Dave and Ben, which, you know, and Ben's been on the podcast before and we would kill each other. Like we would just literally like, who's the strongest, who's and not, I don't have to win like every lift, but I have to win some of them, but I'm still like, I'm doing this bodybuilding kind of base routine mixed in with like, but I want to be strong too. Cause we're in the world. So we're learning enough. So you're learning about Olympic lifts. You're learning about bodybuilding. I'm competing, which is important, but I also want to be like the strong guy too. So as time has went on, obviously I don't compete anymore. It's not nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't my, I don't sit up here and get judged by a bunch of strangers. Let me tell you how many fucking complexes people get from that shit. Um, But I did it. There was a certain area era of time in my life and it it paid off in, in certain instances, but I would come in here some days feeling like I got hit by a truck and not just like, like my physical body for sure the joint stuff too, but just like my life energy was like zero. Like I'm walking into work at five in the morning and I'm like, when can I take a nap two days from now? Like that's how my brain is thinking. Cause I'm so just beat to shit. Cause and I, it took a long time, probably till I was like 30 to get my mind away from like, Hey man, you don't have to beat the shit out of yourself every workout to have it be a good workout. And it got to the point where, and you know this when you train, if it's like bodybuilding tiles, like type splits and stuff, I'm just going to do like an, an upper body day, like biceps, triceps, just a complete bro lift. You'd feel like you didn't do anything. 
-hmm. No matter how hard you train, you're like, well, I didn't squat or deadlift, so this workout was bullshit. And that's like a, I don't know where that comes from. It's a different era of time. Uh, And then the older I got, and then the more people I met, though, that not only were much smarter than me in fitness and looked a certain way, they were getting there another route. And so, like, when I look at, like, David Jack, who's obviously older than me, or, like, like a BJ Gador, who I reference, you're like, oh, well, he's not doing any barbell work. And when he does barbell work, he says it hurts. Well, fuck, it hurts for me, too. Well, he looks good, and he's fit. Well, I could probably do the same thing. So you start to adapt that. And as I now, when I train, I'm like, some days I'll kill myself. But some days I'm like, I just need to go. I don't want to say through the motions because you're still pushing it. But you have to understand, like, what's the goal of the workout? Am I trying to aerobically die or am I trying to reach hypertrophy is it a strength day and almost and again strength is relative and so I used to just think okay if I can deadlift 600 pounds I'm fucking strong and I've told the story in here a bunch of times like I was deadlifting with uh, Mike Farr at Reebok and we were doing like 515 for triples or some shit and he's like oh what's next and I'm like that's it bro like I can't do any more for multiple reps like you're something else now the next day we're doing like a, a team activity for Reebok and it's like hey who can do the most they call them air squats in a minute. And he looks at me he's like, what the fuck is an air squat? You know, and he does like 30 and he can't breathe. But that was what he was chasing. And so like, is he stronger than me or am I stronger than him? Because I can do lunges for an hour, but he can deadlift 650 pounds. So instead of just getting married to like, well, if I can't bench this or do this, I'm not strong. Like, no, no, no. there's different levels of strength. There's a lot of skills. And so when, when I let go of like saying, hey, fitness is only about me and what I can do, it's, well, how many skills can I learn here? to be, I might not master all of them, but I can be really proficient and really good. Like I can row, I can ski, I can lunge for an hour. I can still bench press, you know, 300 pounds, like all these crazy things. I'm like, I just need to have a certain level of competency and knowing that if I'm hurt and I feel like shit, I can't do anything. And at some point we say your fitness steals your fitness that starts to take away from me. So if I'm working out and now I can't do my job and I can't help other people, what's this about? Cause at the end of the day, nobody really gives a shit. If I weigh 230 pounds or 210 pounds, if my body fat is, you know, 5% or 7%, it doesn't matter. But that's a, that's a maturity level for most people that they have to get to. Yeah, that that's, uh, I like how you laid it out, that that blend and, and balanced approach. And, and as life goes on, learning that there's there's more than one way uh, to, to accomplish, even if you're looking at a specific goal, you know, if, if a certain lift or movement, you know, bothers you or hurts your joints, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't get stronger in that specific area. There's, there is another, there is another way to, to do it and go after it. And you just have to, you know, do your research and find the right people, um, that can share that knowledge base with you and you can go after that goal safely. So I think as, as time goes on in, in, in this particular discussion that we're having is just learning to, to be smarter and also listening to your body. And I don't say that. I think, I think often we can say, well, we'll just listen to your body. If, if, if you're tired and you know, you need a day off, you know, go ahead and take that day off. And you can very, I, I think quickly you can get yourself in a trap where you're like, oh, I'm just not feeling it today. I can and, sell myself every day, dude, on a day off. Easily. Yeah. So, so you really have to get in tune with, well, is this a true day where my body needs rest? Cause if it is, and you take that day off, you, your body will thank you. But if you get in that routine of, 
I, I need a little more rest today and it's in it's day after day or it's just, you know, stacking up more days over the, the weeks. That's where you can get yourself in a, in a situation where you're, you're no longer, you know, pushing yourself or exercising in, in the way that you should. So it's, it's really an individual based thing. And I think just really getting in tune and understanding what it, what it truly feels like when you need a day off or, you know, just a day of recovery and some mobility work or tissue work, whatever that is. Um, and a day where you may be like, I don't feel it today, but I still need to go in and get the work done. Yeah, because forever I used to do the David Goggins, like, fuck this, you know, like, I'm just going to go out and like, fuck it, I don't care what I feel like, it doesn't matter. And I guess you're, and it's not like, it's not, but even for him, like, it's not like every time he does a run, it's the same plan every time, like, sometimes you have to pivot and be like, hey, man, today, it's just not the day for this, but maybe we can sub something else out. And for a lot of people, it's the, it's just low hanging fruit, man, like just walking, moving, doing certain things. And, and I don't even think necessarily it's like the physical stuff for a lot of people, which sometimes it is, but mentally, like you have a real job, you have family shit, you got kid stuff, you got all these things going on, like your brain just might be in a shit spot. And I'll, I'll have these days too, like, again, we, we have a lot of things going on here, We're responsible for a lot of people, you know, as this has grown, and it's made more money and done certain things. I, I say, Heather, I go, sometimes I miss when it was like, maybe not when it was just me, because that sucked. But it was like me, Dave and Ben, and like, we're all kind of alphas and I can be here like on a Tuesday, but then I can go to like work out for two fucking hours, take a four or a nap and be by the pool. I miss part of that. I mean, it's insane, but I miss part of that life because now it's way more complex. It's way busier. I don't have the same time. And sometimes my brain is just like on fucking overload because again, the phones and the shit we have now where I'm like, you know what? I know what's on the workout list today. I'm it's, and again, sometimes when you're really lifting, like if you're really deadlifting, you're really split squatting or back squatting even, you have to concentrate because sometimes you step onto the bar and you're like, and, and we would say this, you feel like something bad could happen mm -hmm. if you don't really have your shit together. And I'm like, I know mentally I might let my brain fucking wander and fatigue gets us all. So you know what? And this is me. I'm just going to push a sled for 30 fucking minutes, dude. Or I'm just going to go lunge around the building for an hour because I'm a psychopath. I go, but it's brainless. I own the pattern. I have the volume already built. And so I'm like, I can do that safely. And that might not be what I had on the workout today, but that's a better option because I know short of me, like, I don't know, getting hit by a car outside, like, how am I going to get hurt lunging? And so I'm willing to do that. And I guess for people listening, like you can do that too. There, there's a million ways to still get a great, you know, if your upper body day is this complex thing and you feel like, oh, I'm just, just do push-ups and pull-ups, bro. If yep. you can't, like there's basic things you can still, and you can get an awesome workout in. Again, we think of to the barbell shit, for example, we grew up in this era of, okay, well, here's how strong I got to be. What can I do on the barbell? That is a measure of strength, but load's not the only variable. And especially as you guys get older, you want to crush the tissue, but save the joint. So it's like, if we slow the movements down, if you play with range of motion, like tempo speed, like that matters, taking away rest time, and maybe the, 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 the load isn't as heavy, the stimulus to the muscles going to be real similar if it's relative to, you know, failure. So you guys can do that. And it's not like, cause at some point, no offense, anybody, you're just not going to get stronger on your deadlift. Like at some, some day it's just like, it's done. Or my mile run time. Like, I remember you did a mile and I said, something. you did a mile one time and it was like five forty six or some shit or it was like, yeah. it was like fast. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can fucking beat that. And it went out and it was like, 549 I couldn't beat it by the way um and I laid there on the ground dude for like a fucking hour and I was just sick as shit and mentally like I wanted to to beat it but I'm coming around like the last maybe like 
300 meters, my legs are just jello, dude. And I'm like, if I try to go any faster, I'm going to fall. Mm-hmm. And then I laid there like shit. And I'm like, I don't think at 39 years old, at 210 pounds, I'm running well under six minute miles. Now, I could train to do it, but at some point, it's going to go away. I don't know if that's when I'm 50 or whatever, but that's what I'm saying to everybody. It's, the, the skills will diminish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just have to ask, like, what's what's important? Like, I always frame it this way. Like, if I'm going to pick this up off the ground and something comes unattached, would I be happy that I – oh, I lifted it, but now my bicep's in my armpit. Now, it could happen mm-hmm. anyway. Right. But I would be super pissed at myself because I'd be like, it wasn't fucking worth it, dude. And you got to get there mentally for most people, but it's tough. It's a, and it's a really good point that you mentioned. You know, I, I mentioned in you know terms of like tr- true off days is you know understanding that it it might not need to be a, a true off day. You know, it might just be just take your dog for a walk. That's you great. Know, get outside and just move. That that that's awesome. Just understand what you're getting a feel and understanding for what your body needs and, and give it that on that day and then carry on and move on to the next. And the next day you may be ready to you know really go after it. And we all have those days where. Um, you know, we're not feeling up to it. And then other days where we're just ready to, to really get after it. So understand how you're feeling and then, and then go after that, that, that particular day. And before I forget all this, how do you, um, how do you eat these days? Like food, booze, how do you kind of make it all work? Yeah. Um, you know, just, I say just, you know, blanket statement, but just a balanced approach, you know, really try to hit on, you know, the water intake, the protein intake, fruits and veggies, um, not having processed foods, uh, I'm, you know, with friends, maybe once every couple of weeks, you know, grabbing a drink. I like to, you know, enjoy life. So I'm not anti-booze or anything like that, but definitely, definitely keeping an eye on that. That's something just as, as I've never been, you know, a, a, a big drinker, but as time has rolled on, um, when you have one or two drinks, just, just, it changes how you feel and just, Again, diving back to how your body feels, what you're putting in your body or, or the workouts that you're providing it, and then how do you feel in the next 6, 12, 24 hours. Um, that's definitely something that uh, you just notice more with age, I guess. So, yeah, just overall, just just trying to put healthy things in my body. I don't follow right now any certain uh, nutrition protocol in terms of timing like intermittent fasting. Um, but just, uh, you know, really hitting on the, the water, the protein, uh, the produce, the, the the veggies, and and the fruits, and, and staying away from as many things that are in packages as possible. But at the same time, um, you know, I've listened to several of your podcasts where sometimes you got to ask yourself, you know, what 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 are we doing here? If we're not going to have that cinnamon roll or some Blado's donuts, you know? Yeah, what the fuck is this about? Yeah, if we can't, but I do think, like, do you have a go to? Like, hey, I eat pizza this time, or I have whatever. Is there anything specifically you go to? Uh, I mean, if I'm if I'm going to go for <laughs> something, it's you know. Generally, uh, pizza, I mean, being in, in San Diego, like chips, salsa, tacos, nachos, you know, that, that kind of West coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, love trying different donut shops. You know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do pizza or donuts, I try to keep that to, you know, once, twice a month, maybe, but and you know, I enjoy life. And there's so many, it's weird because it's become such a thing like here, uh, San Diego, like Scottsdale, like it's so culinary, I guess, if that's the, the way you phrase it, there's so many places to go. You could try a new place, basically every week for the rest of your life or like three, four times a week. Yeah. So it is tough. I do think, and maybe this has always happened. I feel like people drink way more booze now than like they ever have. Mm-hmm. And like every single social setting is around food and booze. Like you can't get away from it. Like very rarely do people like, Hey, let's get together and like, I'll go for a hike today. Like right. that's just not a thing. Like, right. I mean, I'm sure it is for some people, but like we went to dinner last night and it's like, everybody has a drink. Everybody's eating whatever. And I'm like, it's fine. But 
when you're doing that all the time for like your personal life and work, it's like, it's a slippery slope if you don't have like a certain kind of guardrail. So like when you do it, it's like you say, Hey, and it, maybe it's just like already like subconsciously programmed in like, Hey, I'm not going to drink booze every day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to have like a drink a week or two drinks a week or it's just going to happen naturally. Right. Is that how it is? That, that's how it is. Yeah. Or there may be something where, uh, friends or family's coming to town. So, you know, on this particular day, you're going to enjoy your time with them and not, I don't want to say that in a way that, you know, enjoyment always has to be paired with, with booze or food, but you know, but it, but it is, <laughs> but you know that if you get yourself in this social setting with these people, you're, you're not going to not have a drink. So you may have that coming up on the calendar. And, and so leading up to that, just being more conscious of like, well, I know I'm going to enjoy some of those finer things on this particular date. I don't need it, you know, on, on these days. So just like you said, being more conscious and, and mapping it out without being overly strict or, you know, being, um, put, putting yourself in a situation where you're, you're not enjoying those things where it's now starting to have just like a negative overall effect on your life because you're, you're being so strict or you're being so, you know, self-conscious of, you know, I'm, I'm out here with friends and I don't want to have this particular food, but you know, it just, it can create this. I, Cause I've been there. I've, I've been on that side of it where I have been so strict where, I'm the guy sitting at the table who's just has a glass of water and is, and is not having the alcohol or any food at all. And I, I think I'm in a much better place with that now. Would you say the same about yourself? Oh, bro. That's was like my life for, well, and it'd be different too. And it's hard because if you have this external thing, like with an end date, like if I'm 26 or something and say, Hey, I'm going to compete and here's the date. Well, okay. We're at our friends and it's harder. I think when as I'm older now, and again, I've been doing this for so long that people are just like, well, Jeremy's fucking weird. So like, he's going to be, always going to be, which is fine. And sometimes like, I just don't want to eat your shitty food, dude. So I don't fuck around a lot and what you're serving sucks. So I'm okay, but I can also go there and I'm fine. But the most part, if we go to dinner, like I'm going to, if I go to a restaurant, it's known for like, you know, enchiladas or uh, carrot cake or something like I'm going to, get what they're fucking known for i'm not going to a pizza place ordering a salad right. i'm not a psychopath it's ridiculous i go because or like for us like i think i've done it one time like we had a we had a work event um with fitfluential and i had um a photo shoot like for like reebok or some shit like two days later and we go to roaring fork which is like the best burger in my opinion in scottsdale it's, it's called the big ass burger it's fucking huge i love it um I always get it there. I get the street corn. I eat way too much. I feel like a piece of shit when I leave, but it's amazing. And I remember being there and I'm like, well, I have this photo shoot in two days. So I'm eating like a piece of salmon or cod or something. You know how fucking miserable that is? Mm-hmm. Like sitting at this awesome restaurant where they have all this like, you know, food that I normally don't eat and I'm eating the same shit I would eat at home. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But that's like a rare instance. If I ever go out, I'm like, I'm doing what the thing is. But when I'm young, yeah, I remember being at like Heather's birthday party at culinary dropout here and I'm eating salmon and drinking water and it's hard because I'm going to go compete get on stage and there's like these financial incentives because of that with the sponsors and stuff we have and I'm trying to build this essentially portfolio of like well I'm Jeremy Scott the fit person blah 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 and in that era of time there is not the social media like it is now so that's how we built up kind of who we are and you leverage one thing to the next and it's it's a business plan but you look like a fuck face when you're sitting at a dinner and like oh hey guys it's really strategic what I'm doing. It's not just because I want to get on stage with a spray tan. I'm trying to do this thing and everybody's younger. So now we're older. It'd be like, oh, whatever. But when you're young, everybody's getting shit faced, eating food, doing whatever. And you're the weird person out. And it, that's, it's an eating disorder. Like, I don't care how you look at mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm not saying it's like anorexia and bulimia. I go, but you have this warped, like reality of food. 
mm-hmm. drastically. I've shared the story on here a million times. Like, well, I'll share Ashley Weens real quick. Ashley Weens came on. She's IFB pro. She's great. She, she shares a story where she would go get a um, in her diet before they would start doing grams and stuff. You can have one apple like on this day. And so she'd drive to Safeway and look at the apples. Now they're not big enough. She'd drive to Sprouts, look at the apples. She'd drive to Whole Foods. And eventually when she found the place with the biggest apple, she'd buy it. Now, what kind of normal fucking human would drive to three or four different grocery stores to find the biggest apple? There's something wrong there. And that's like, that's where you were probably at. That's where I was probably at, where you're the weirdo out. Like, well, this doesn't fit my macros. This doesn't do this. And there's a time and place for that, you guys, if you're doing something specific, like maybe competing or you're training for something. But for 99% of us in the situations, like it doesn't matter if you eat one shitty meal. It doesn't matter. And if you don't want to drink, don't drink. But if you're a person who drinks and it's like, you can have a drink, it doesn't make you unfit. Just like that person who's not in shape doesn't come in here and like crush one workout and they're fucking, right. you know, an Ironman. It's just not that. Would you say uh, today in terms of those times, you know, you said you might go somewhere and just be like, uh, you know, you have a, you feel like you have a better relationship now, but you still may go to a place and you, know, and you still decide like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to have that. Would you say that's but more based on you know what you're going to feel like if when you know you eat that food? I I, I don't project that on you. I know with myself, it's that's it. In the past, you know, there's more of these outside factors, and for yourself, you know, it was really about you know building business and brand. So there were some things that were really attached to it. Um, but I can say in the past, it was more of these external factors. Whereas now if I go and I, you know, it's, I choose not to, it's more based off like, I just want to feel good tomorrow. And you know, I have some things I, I want to get done or I have a big workout or something else that I'm looking forward to. And I just don't want to feel like crap. Uh, yeah. I mean, almost everything, if we go to, you know, and you like anybody who goes to a restaurant, I'll look at the menu before. Um, to see what it is. And it's not so much like I'm worried about the health aspects of it. Like for me personally, like I don't really do <clears throat> like dairy products. I don't do things that are spicy. I'm like the biggest, I'm from the Midwest dude. I'm the biggest pussy that's ever existed. Like we grew up on like picante, like salsa, like the most bland, like mild, like that's what I would do. So all this shit out here, I'm like, I can't do that, dude. Like I, for people who are listening, I can't even go to Chipotle. Zero percent, not even salsas. Like I can't even do just the. It's just it doesn't agree with me. So when I look at stuff, I'm not the weird person saying like, "Hey, did you put this, this, and this in it?" But if we go somewhere and it's like you have proteins, like I can eat those and that. Yeah, it's fine. But if I'm seeing it, like, okay, this is probably not going to agree with me and what I do. Even like Thanksgiving, like I'll go eat all the stuff, and it's one day a year, and I try to get things that I think. But even that, like, I don't feel. I mean, when the fuck do I eat potatoes, like whipped mashed potatoes and like stuffing? Like what other, you're not eating stuffing in August. You're not doing it in like March. So it's a little different, but now it's always like what I feel. And that's the hard part. Like Heather and I would argue about this when we're younger all the time. Cause she's like, you're such a fucking weirdo. You know, you can't be normal. And I'm like, well, no, first of all, I have zero interest in being normal. I'm like, we don't look the same. We don't move the same. We don't got the same goals. So I don't care what Roger's doing and what Cindy's doing. Cause we're not going to map. I go, but for me, it was more like, I don't want to feel like shit. Like that's the, then that's, that's my whole, I want to feel good every day because if I don't feel good, I can't do all this stuff. And now when I look at stuff and I don't care what other people do when you're not, first of all, if it's booze and you watch people and you're not under the influence, you see how people get real dumb, real fast. Even your smart friends, they have five drinks and they're repeating their same stories and they just, they're a little sloppier, which is fine. But I don't want to ever be that version of me again and say things and do things that I would be embarrassed by because I've shared many drinking stories on here before of like stupid fucking shit I would do. And it's just not, there's nothing good comes from it for me. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I'm just like, well, if I know if I have 
four whiskeys or if I have, you know, 15 beers, I'm going to feel like a complete bag of shit. And I operate everything off that. And I'm like, you know, there's give and take with that too. So I know like, hey, if I eat, you know, these cinnamon rolls and I eat too many, maybe I'll kind of feel like shit. And it's like risk reward. Like, okay. And I try to find the thin line there, but that's a, that's a progression for most people. And some people are just willing to like wake up and feel like shit yeah. day after day after day. And I'm like, I can't do Cause I'm, I do too much stuff here. Like, I mean, how much energy you have, how you recover, how you go to the bathroom, all these things are tied to the food you eat. And I'm like, it's just, there's really nothing to me that's like worth feeling like shit for. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say back to the, you know, the, that, that food component for a second, for someone who may be listening um, and just starting or just, just anyone who's starting their fitness journey is looking to eat healthier. Would you say that getting to that point of attaching what you feel like after you eat something is one of the, the greatest places someone can get in terms of if they're just starting their, their fitness and their, their healthy eating, we'll call it journey. Just understanding, like I think there's there's many people out there who just don't, uh, they, they're not even able to associate, if I put this in my body, I'm gonna feel this way. And if I put this other thing in my body, I'm gonna feel this way. If you can get someone to understand, um, to, to start making their food decisions based off of how they feel in response to that food, that that's one of the best places someone can get in terms of, um, making a positive change specifically with nutrition. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you have to, uh, we call it like auditing. Yeah. Basically. Um, and g- like give it enough time though too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I don't, and I say this, like I don't think a normal, and when I say a normal person, it's probably not most of the people listening here. Cause if you're listening to this, you already give a shit. Not to be negative. Most normal people don't give a fuck dude about being healthy. They don't. And that's not me projecting anything. I'm like, you can just look at the statistics and you can look around the world you live in. It's just, whether it's education or time or or discipline, who knows? There's a million factors that go into it. It's not for me to judge, but I don't think a normal person knows what feeling good is like. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're so far removed from what that is. And if you could change it for a week or two weeks and when you eat something, things are happening and not down to get gross, but when you take a shit, like it should look kind of a certain way. There should be a certain like consistency to it. It should be like a certain frequency, like, a certain regularity, like these things should be happening. And when you eat stuff, if your, you know, nose is always running or you have this huge mucus production, something is going on there. And if you're eating it and you feel like you get a headache or you're super tired, like maybe that stuff doesn't serve you. And it just, again, it takes legwork and we never taught anybody this, like there's no education around it whatsoever. Like it took me doing everything wrong, like fill my body full of just complete fucking bullshit. And doing elimination diet more than one time, stripping it down and like, Hey, I'm going to start with these four or five foods and reverse engineer from there, which is not fun, but you learn a lot about, you know, body awareness, how you feel. And if you don't got to go that extreme, but for most people, if you just started with like, again, I'm not against like processed food. Like when I say process, like the Koya drinks are processed, like perfect bars are processed. Peanut butter essentially is processed, but the super, super processed shit, mm-hmm. it's never going to serve you. There's there's 8 million things that go wrong with it. So if you can keep it real food and just keep it to a small number and start from there, or just honestly, like write down for like a week, hey, I ate this and I feel this way. And then maybe if you take that thing out, you're like, oh, fuck, maybe I feel better without it. Mm-hmm. But it's t- again, it takes work, dude. It does. And yeah, I guess you just have to give a shit. And just know, like, if you're not, again, I'm not against, like, you know, drugs and stuff at the hospital, but a lot of things that people, I think, get put on and take, you could fix a lot of them if you just cleaned up the shit that you put in your body, because it is so much to do with it. You had 
a lot of the medical people you probably go to, they're not versed in that. And they're just going to like, you know, send you through, which is sad, but you got to take ownership of that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, if we go here, so you, we'll change gears real fast. So you did move from Minnesota to California. Yes. Yeah. The, over why the would, summer. Why would you ever do that? Uh, I have a little bit of a history with San Diego specifically. I went to two years of school at San Diego State uh, many, many years ago now, yeah. or a few years ago. Uh, just love the area. My girlfriend and I, Molly, uh, we were looking for when the, when the pandemic hit and we were all making our way through that challenging time. Uh, we just said, you know, when things open back up, we're ready for a change uh, to to kind of expand and grow. And I think this is we we think this is an opportunity to to do that. So we kind of made our short list of, of places that we'd like to go to. We were visiting San Diego multiple times a year, and it quickly made its way to, to number one on the list. So when things opened back up and we felt like we were at the right place in our life, we pulled the trigger and moved to a place. And in our eyes, that's that's hard to beat when it's uh, 70 most of the year, and uh, I think it's sunny 325 days out of the year. So it's a it's a place that really uh, lends itself or, or provides the the opportunity to do things that we want to do. We want to be outside. We want to be moving our bodies um, and and in enjoying our lives to the fullest, doing those things that we love to do. And that's a it's a great place to do it. So we're enjoying our our time there. And you. You can't do that in Minnesota right now? It's a little... It's 35 degrees there today. It's a little chilly and gray. It's yeah. not terrible. Not bad. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't look great. I mean, do you miss it? The winter? No. Uh, no, not right now. Uh, it's it's uh, I, As I shared last night at dinner, it's it's different gearing up for uh, Christmas and you know being able to sit out on a patio like we did last night, which we would do in San Diego as well. Um, and not have have any snow, so I'm I'm a bit I'm big into Christmas. I'm a big Christmas guy, so just making some some adjustments there uh, and uh, getting used to to the warm weather Christmas. I did see we have some friends that <clears throat> like live in Coronado and they were ice skating. Yeah, we're gonna actually head out there in the next. Is week, that by the Dell over week there? Week it's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've heard the the ice isn't great as you can imagine when the sun's beating on it all day. Oh, uh, so I'm not I'm not sure how, how they're chilling that ice, but we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot. We did bring our skates with, so we're gonna go out there and. It's so trippy, like you're ice skating in the oceans. Right. It's, it's, you're, we walked past it last weekend. And Is it on the beach? Yeah. You're, you're okay, yeah. 20 yards from the beach. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did see too, they had that, they played a basketball game on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. I think they've done that a, a few years in a row now. Um, Can anybody buy tickets to that? I, that's a good question. I don't know. We we didn't look into it. I saw I saw it as well. Gonzaga, Michigan State. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, but I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I would go there for sure. My big question is how how I mean, much like in in the Knot Valley tournament, the wind. If it's a windy day, you're screwed. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not like you're on a a ship, which I feel like elevates you on an ocean, which I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not not a great weather mind, but. Probably a chance for it to be a little more windy than if you were. Yeah, I wonder. I'm trying to remember because I watched it at home. Because I'm like, is this like we were watching it? I'm like, this looks super cool, and it was cold. Everyone's wearing a jacket. Yeah, because you're on the water and it's cooler. I wonder because if the if the stands are like high enough, it kind of like I guess shelters some of the wind, blocks it a little bit. But I thought that too. I'm like elements. Yeah, like it's a windy night and you're just well screwed. in the production that goes into it and getting that game ready. If it's if it's a windy day, like you're you're still gonna play. They're, you have you, to. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I, would, yeah. I do want to go check that out. That was badass. Yeah, I, th- I want to say they've done it for, for a couple years, a few years now. I've, I've seen it at least one other time, one other year. So it, it kind of snuck up on, I, I saw it like the day of, and I was like, oh, I wish I, I would have known this was coming up and may have looked into getting some tickets. That looks really cool. Yeah, that's badass. So you're in San Diego now. Um, you pick there because obviously it doesn't suck. Um, 
but you change careers in the meantime. Yeah. So, so a, a lot of changes. Um, I've, I've been, I've been in education. I've been a, a, a musician on the side for the past eight years, uh, doing that more full part-time now mixed with this new endeavor, this new creative endeavor of uh, photography. It's something that I've always been interested in um, and really thought, you know, as, as we're making this big transition and moving to a new place, you know, it could be a, a deterrent and feeling like you need to go to your, maybe your, your, your safeguards. I use it as an opportunity to just say, hey, there's no better time to transition and to pursue these things that you actually enjoy doing as opposed to just going to a job that maybe you think you need to do uh, for financial safety or setting yourself up for your future. Um, just, just this whole move has represented going after the things um, that, that you enjoy today and that you find fulfillment and purpose in. It was this time where I really took a look in the mirror and just said, you know what, uh, there's no better time than now and I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not going to have a job that just sets me up for retirement when I'm 60, 65, 70. I'm just not going to live my life that way. So it was this opportunity to just really dive in and see, you know, can I make this work? Can I make this life work? Because at the end of the day, like you've said in many podcasts, you need to be able to pay the bills um, and you need to meet, need to be able to make ends meet and make life work. And that's the process that I'm going through right now. Can I just make a go after the things? And it's a, it's a combination of things. There's multiple things that I enjoy doing. I'm not ready to get rid of one right now. Can I do all of them? And how long can I do that for? And are they fulfilling me? And am I enjoying them? Or during that process, does one of them sort of take the lead where the other ones drop off? That's what I'm working through right now. But it's just the, the overall theme is I'm not going to wait around for this this magical day where I'm able to retire and, and finally do what I want. Um, and now I know I don't, maybe I don't have the energy that I want, I want to have in order to pursue these things. It's just life, life is too short and I want to do the things that, that I enjoy and I want to do them today. So how do you like make the choice? Is there just like one day where you're like, you know what? I'm teaching PE and now fuck it. I'm going to be Chris Stapleton. <laughs> You know, or like whatever, yeah. or whatever the path is. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a really good question. I actually, uh, I had a teaching job as I was moving uh, out to California, and some some things went on. I'll, I'll just keep this very short and brief. But uh, when you move from out of state to California, there's a lot of particulars in terms of licensing and transferring your teaching license from state to state. Um, and I accepted a job, understanding that there wouldn't be any issues. Um, as not, I, to inter uh, not to yeah. interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Why the fuck is there a difference? Like, you, if I'm going to teach you math in Wisconsin or math in Montana, is not 2 plus 2, 4? Are we on some new bullshit I don't know about? Yeah, no, that's a good question that I do not have an answer to. Um, also in a time where there is a teaching shortage and a lot of people are leaving that's the profession. That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. So, Jesus. yeah, so I took the job um, in understanding. They assured me there wouldn't be any issues with any sort of licensure transfer. Uh, and then two days before the school year, so I was under contract for about 30 days, and then two days before the school year actually started with students, uh, they said, actually, we, there, there is an issue. We're going to need you to go back to a semester of college uh, to retake classes that you've already taken in Minnesota, but you're just going to need to take them in California, and you've got to pay for it. So that was really the moment where I was just like, you know what? If the, if the universe is ever speaking to me, um, I've done everything. And there was a, a huge, if I backtrack a little bit, this this almost 30 pages I think I had to print out and submit to the state of California to prove that I had truly taught for eight years in the state of Minnesota. 
this all these letters of recommendation that I had to get, and it was it was this packet that I had to put together and submit um, in order to prove that I was essentially uh, certified to to teach in in California. So a lot of work had gone into it, and to think for 30 days that I had this job and was going to be teaching in, you know, this is the direction my life is going as I move across the country to have that sort of all just fall apart. Uh, I really looked at it as, you know, there's no better time than now. Like, what are you teaching? Like f- fucking, what, what, what is so complex you are going to be teaching? The, the, the big hang up was, uh, I have licensures in the state of Minnesota in physical education and adaptive physical education. So that's what I was going to be teaching was adaptive physical education and so it was, it's, a, it's a specialty licensure, but again, from state to state, in my mind, there shouldn't be any difference. Are, what are you, I mean, if you think about it, and I'm a dummy, are you doing anything different? Like, it, are you not, like, if it's, is fitness different here than in Florida? Right. A jumping jack's a jumping jack, is it not? Right. Like, what, what are you talking about, PE? How old are these kids? Uh, this will be, you know, through K through 12. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's fitness, bro. That's crazy, yeah. dude. Well, with 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 my girlfriend Molly, with her job, you know, she she transferred out here and um, moved offices. She didn't have to get additional licensures or certifications. She they knew what she was doing in Minnesota and yeah. said, "Hey, bring that to California. You're good." You know, and that's that's how it would be with I have to imagine ninety nine percent of occupations. But for whatever reason, um, th- th- those are the sort of the rules of rules, I guess. And when you don't have enough teachers in the first place, yeah, that's so fucked. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't spend uh, a whole lot of time uh, thinking about it. Like I said, it was it was sort of this light bulb moment that you know for this for this chapter in this period of life, I was already thinking about how can I dedicate more time to these other things that I've had to sort of have as a, as a side hustle. How how can I make them? my full t- my full time gig i enjoy doing them you know i don't get me wrong i enjoy teaching um i've had many great years you know teaching back in in the state of minnesota um and i would have you know done it in 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 california you know had that job not fallen through but i think sometimes you got to listen to to what the world's trying to tell you and uh just really go after those things that are fulfilling you and if i'm being honest Music, uh, being a musician and a photographer, um, they just fulfill me more than than education at this point in my life. Now that may change uh, in the future. Uh, so I, I, like I said, I didn't think about too much of the. I let other people that I tell the story to say, well, there's there's a teaching shortage. How is it any different teaching from state to state? I just said, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna take this you know hard right turn and and see what's uh, sort of behind you know the, the door number three here as as I move on with my life. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, and I don't mean to harp on this, but I'm like, it seems like such a dumb thing. And again, I, I don't have an answer for everything. But if you're sh- like, I think here people can just teach here, dude, with like out even a teaching degree. Yeah, it's very, very different from for just all of the states. Because I think they're like, hey, dude, we need people. We need bodies, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you just need people to play. Yeah. And to have, I guess what my point is to have somebody who like has done it for a long time and wants to do it. And like, first of all, and this is my take. Bless the heart of all the teachers out there. That's a shitty job, dude. It's just like you don't get paid any money, and you're working super hard, and you're dealing with a lot of bullshit. Like, I'd never want to fucking do it. There's just no way. Um, I tried it for like two seconds. I'm like, this just can't happen. So that's already that. But you're now, because you're you're making these, in my opinion, unnecessary hoops to jump through, you're losing good people. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're a good person who, like, now doesn't. You're like, well, it's not worth the hassle. 
to do i'm not going to go like into debt to take the same shit i already took to come teach you and like i'm not getting paid way more money it just seems like what a disaster yeah like overall so like when that happens you're like well you know maybe i can make this work maybe i can't that work or is there like fears or doubt you're just like fuck it you know that's done i'm just gonna you know put the blade down and move through this i mean sort of the latter you you i think you're human to be like uh it had just gotten to a point um and i had invested in so much and worked to that point and and thinking that this is you know the the way my life is going to go at least for the next year it was just a a one-year contract that uh it was it was basically just like i'm going to move on this but i'd be lying if i said you know if i wasn't a little bit nervous or unsure anytime you you go after a, a new endeavor no matter what it is i think it's it's only human to to have some uncertainties or be a little bit nervous so there was that but it had built up so much and then it fell through that it just came to a time where I, I just said, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm not going to rely on anybody that because, you know, sort of was given these, these promises or you don't have anything to worry about. You know, we get, we'll get things taken care of with, with, with the state and no issues. And then it fell through where I just had gotten to a point where there was, it was almost like there was no other option in a good way. Where it's just like, I'm betting on myself and I'm going to go. Well, yeah. And again, you're at least in more, in my opinion, you have more control in this where a lot of people, would always come to me and say, you know, hey, if you're in your own business, it's risky. It's this. 100% agree. The longer you're in it, uh, the more likely it is to fail because Jeremy Scott Fitness is not going to be here for 300 years. Like, I'm going to be dead and this will be gone. But while I'm here, I'm driving the boat. Like, I'm the one who's, like, steering the wheel of where this thing goes. And when you're working for somebody else, you get, like, one check at one job. And you might just show up and they're like, fuck it, dude, you're done. And now all of your money is cut off. So you're really not in control of anything. You're really just part of this machine. Like for, for you, if there's multiple revenue streams and there's multiple things going on, you would have to essentially get fired by everybody all at once to have no money coming in for like a whole year. Mm-hmm. So you have way more control in this life, even though it from the outside world, people don't see it that way. And to me, like you, you kind of get to dictate where it goes. Yeah. Well, one of the first, to, to be honest, one of the first things that I thought of, you know, you asked you know, in terms of how this affected me, one of the first things I thought of, I, I don't have any kids at this point in my life is I thought about the person who maybe accepted that job and has a family and moved across the country, maybe for different reasons. And then they have this entire family to support. They maybe don't have these side hustles or, or things going on. They're, they're just 100% were into education and it doesn't even have to be education. It could be any job, but then it falls through. That's that's what I thought about, and I, I thought of you know very fortunate to have these other things, uh, endeavors that I was super interested in, and it had already built up a little bit, and was dedicating a fair amount of time on the side to, but also the fact that I was just at this point in my life where, you know, didn't have to support a family. Like heart went out to like because I know that that is that has happened. You know, it, not those exact ways, but that that stuff does does happen. Well, you have no other options, or right? You have no other. And that's, I don't know, man, it's a tough thing because not everybody's meant to do their own thing, but I don't know. It would feel like I'm happy to work with like companies and partner on certain things, but to have that be like my sole lifeline and to me, again, that's not how I operate. Like I work super hard and I work a ton uh, at this point and it'll change it. And, you know, when I, I guess, walk things back a little bit, but 
I get to work when I want to work. And what I mean is like, if I don't want to return these messages today, I don't fucking have to. I'm not going to be motivated after this to get on my email and do this bullshit. I'll do it tomorrow at three o'clock. But that's my choice because I'm in charge of me. Where if you go somewhere else, you're teaching these days, these times, here's the curriculum. Like you get a little bit of autonomy, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do what we say, then you're fired. Like that just seems like a shitty spot to be in. Right. So I'll die doing this before I do that. Yeah. And, and I'm in no way, you know, saying that I, I've figured it out. We may have this come back to this podcast or this conversation again in, in a year, two years. And, it, you know, it's a different conversation. But what I've realized is I'm not going to wonder you know, what if I had just gone in and, and, and really tried to do something on my own is, is I'm going to do it. And if I fail at it, I fail at it. Um, and just being realistic of, you know, where I'm at as, as time carries on and, um, just having, having that understanding, but I just came to a point and, and decided I'm not going to look back and wonder, Hey, what, what had happened if I, if I just bet on myself and, and gone all in Would could that have worked or could that have turned into something more? Um, was I, you know, cause I was doing too many things or this, this thing that I felt like I needed to do was taking up too much of my time. I just hit a point where I'm, I said, I'm, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go all in and, and, and re- really, really do it. And we'll see what happens after. And, and it may, I may be successful and I may not, but I'm not going to sit around and wonder. Well, I think what is the phrase? Like hell is like, if you die and you get to meet the person like you could have been mm-hmm. like some crazy shit where it's like, Oh man, you could have done all these things, but you fucking didn't like that would suck. Or when you meet people who are super old and like, you know, like a nursing home, I tell people, if you ever go visit them, or if you have grandparents who are alive, like, and they're going to be honest with you, like, and they have regret, like, fuck, I wish I would have done this, this and this, but I just kept the same shit job for 40 years that I fucking hated, but you could have been this whole other person. I talked about this with you yesterday. Like, if you don't, and not that you have to move from where you're born, like, you can do awesome things anywhere, but certain places for certain things are going to have more opportunities. It's just, it's a numbers mm-hmm. game. So, I'm like, my life could be this completely different trajectory if I just was like, you know what? I don't need to move out to Scottsdale. I can just, like, sit in Minnesota and freeze my dick off. And, like, you know, it's just, like, it wasn't good for me. Like, I say this all the time. The sun is shining here all the time. It's generally super warm. That just fits me. My attitude is different. My energy is different. Everything is different about that. And if I never took that leap, I'm like, I guess I would never even know. But I, I guess probably deep down I would feel that way. Mm-hmm. And you have these things that you already like. But why is it like photography and music? Like you you are passionate about them both, but it's a it's a different combo that I don't think you see a ton. Yeah, I mean I can't I can't say, you know, one led into the other or I pair them together in this way. They're they're really independent of one another. Uh, it was music first. You know, I've, I've been playing music for the past, you know, eight years. I've like you don't go to a wedding, take the pictures, and play guitar at the same time. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. Not, not both. But hey, maybe there's, you know, down the road there, there's. That's hey, what I'm saying, dude. Uh, you know, I'm gonna write that, make a little note here of that, and uh, you know, see maybe there's an opportunity there. But it's just there. There are two things that I, I I love doing, and I think a lot of times we, I don't want to say. We are, you know, people would look at those and, and say, you know, those are those are more hobbies. Well, is is there a way um, in this day and age to, to make them do something that someone hasn't done before? I'm a musician and a photographer, and that's collectively that make, makes my full full time job. Uh, it, it, I can't, you know, speak to the fact of you know why it's both of them, other than it's two things that I that I love doing um, and find fulfillment. And it's those two things that when I'm doing them, I completely lose track of time. 
and I say, you know, one of, one of the things that I say to people is if you find yourself in those moments where you're just doing something and you, you're just completely losing track of time, you're probably in a pretty good place or it's something that you're probably, you know, you should maybe tap into a little bit more, look into, um, you know, why that is the way it is. And for those two things, it's just, I really enjoy doing them. It's fulfilling. And I think there, there's opportunity there to, to make that my life and, and who I am. And you, it's like the things that you would do for free. Right. Or most of it for free. Yep. But how do you take it and turn it into like a business? Like for somebody who's listening, like, hey, I love to take pictures too. Or, you know, I love to play guitar or the drums or whatever their jam is. Because you've kind of married it to where there's actually somewhat of like a business model. Like there's a structure, there's an outline that you do. Like you connect with whether it's brands or these places where you play. Like how does that <clears throat> and I guess is there is there a goal for for both of those two things like right like where do you spend way more time doing one than the other right now right now it's more photography <clears throat> than music be, because uh one it's the thing that's lighting me up a little bit more right now uh, photography over music still enjoying both but right now um just really enjoying uh photography and and that's the the newer of the two so that could be a part of it as well but also everything that goes along with trying to build that up and trying to find uh you know a way to to make money and and turn that more into a business music i've been doing for longer i've been doing it for eight years i kind of have the systems in place uh, that i follow was able to fortunately successfully take that sort of that model from minnesota and bring it to san diego um, and that's just something that kind of, you know, keeps kind of churning over and over because I've put the time in for the past eight years and, and developed a model that works for me that I can, I can ramp up or I can kind of dial it back based on, you know, how I'm feeling or it, it varies for me from month to month, how much live performing that I want to do, or maybe I'm doing less live performing and maybe writing music or recording music, um, or doing less live performances where I'm actually outperforming at a venue and, um, using a month to maybe push some more things on social media. Uh, right now, you know, photography, photography is very new. And, and back to your initial question is pairing things together within photography is, is something that's evolving as, as, we, as we talk right now and really figuring out ba- basically right now photography is if, if anyone asks me to take pictures for anything, I'm probably going to say yes. Yeah. You know, as long as there's some things that, you know, we probably we won't go there. But, for sure. Um, you know, I'm just I'm figuring out what it is that I really like to shoot. I'm a big outdoors guy. Uh, you know, I love to camp to hike you know anything in the in the outdoors so naturally i mean you're in those settings it's usually beautiful and it lends itself to taking photos so naturally that's where i go and and with those settings comes the opportunity to team up with various brands uh it may be a beautiful vacation rental that's in an amazing setting um where i've teamed up with you know several vacation rentals now but uh yeah with within that you can pair those things together you're at um you know beautiful vacation rental there's a brand that fits well for a specific product or a specific uh, piece of apparel that you can marry all those things together and shoot them all at once. And those are some of those finer details that I'm trying to figure out now as to, to how you can put those different things together. And you're in a, the real win is I'm in a, in, in an area or doing something that I would be doing anyway, you know, but then I'm there and I can dedicate some time where, you know, it really, it, it becomes like more of a work mode. You know, it's different if you're going to a vacation rental and you're truly on vacation versus like, um, you know, if Molly is with me, I need to dedicate the next five, six hours to just shoot, you know, and I've, I've kind of got to, you know, spend, spend time doing that. And then we'll go back to vacation mode after that. So that, I mean, that's really nice. And you can pair those things together like that. And like you said earlier, it, it's on your own time. 
you know, it's maybe I don't feel like shooting photos in the morning. We're going to have coffee and sit by a wood burning fire. But I know later that night I'm going to have to shoot photos or, or flip flop. Like I'm going to get my photos done early in the day and we're going to enjoy the night. I'm in the driver's seat and controlling when I want to work and, and when I don't. But even when it comes time to work, it's not really work. I would be shooting photos anyway if we were there. You just happen to do it at a bigger scale or bigger clip and there's a certain amount you need to get out. But that's the key is like you're enjoying. You wouldn't just go there and sit on your ass. Right. That's the key. Well, and I, I will say there there is more, you know, naturally, I don't want to say stress, but you have to be on your game more. If I'm just taking photos for myself, that's going to be, I don't want to say a different standard. Obviously, if I'm shooting photos for myself to post on social media or to share with something or to put a portfolio together for myself, I still want the photos to look good. I want to have a good product. Yeah. But when you know you're shooting photos and then I'm going to submit these to a brand or a company, that's a different level of uh, really being dialed in you know, really checking all those boxes to make sure you got specific, you know, a specific photo list and that each photo you ask yourself, at least for myself, I couldn't have shot that particular photo any better. So there is a, a different, um, level of, I'll say like a different level of engagement, a little bit more stress or just being on your game. That's associated that, that I'm learning right now. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's not like I've been doing this for years and years and years. Um, I'm, I'm learning as I go, but those would be some of the pieces that are a little bit different, but back to the fact that, you know, I'd be there shooting photos anyway, and it's something that I enjoy doing. And like, how do you do, you just reach out to brands or how does it work? Like, yeah. Hey. So I've been able to take, you know, the, it, in terms of reaching out that, that model of, you know, crafting, um, in, in email most often of what I did for music, I'm now able to sort of take that exact model or, or elements from, uh, you know, sort of that email and do the same thing for photography. So uh, the one thing we, we said before this podcast, we weren't going to get into the discussion of college and student loan and debt and things like that. But I would say, here, the, the, here we go, everybody. The, I have to touch on it. The one thing that I'm, I'm really glad or I feel like I developed a skill of uh, during my time in college is, is I've had some great writing teachers and some great writing classes that I really enjoyed um, and would like would go take the class today. And I feel like I've been able to take some of those things that I learned from those professors and those classes and use them in a situation like this. So that's, that's kind of cool too, is like I'm able to use my college education in a way that maybe it wasn't necessarily intended at the time. The writing class felt like I was just taking the writing class to fulfill the requirement for sure. And now I'm doing it. I mean, I'm using that college education that I, that I have to pursue like my own business and something that, that I truly want to be doing. Um, and that, that, that's felt good in those moments, but back to, I, I've taken that sort of music model and how to reach out to a venue in terms of music and then use that model to reach out to a brand or a vacation rental or just, um, you know, a variety of different companies to sort of how to I'll say like eloquently or tastefully go after them and share some of the things that you've done without like boasting or bragging, but more to, to provide like a brief, a portfolio or a resume to say like, you know, here's where I've been, some of the work that I've done. I love what you guys are doing. Here's, here's why I love what, what you guys do or how I use initially was products that I'm just already using in my everyday life. So that's often what, you know, what I'll do. I, I, I love your stuff. Here's the product that I really enjoy. Would you ever see an opportunity for us to work together? Here's some samples or here's, here's my portfolio of, of photos that I've shot recently. And you just do like, how do you, I mean, obviously that's stuff you already like and use, but through like Instagram search or something. Like, is that how you find these people? Or you're just like, hey, I love REI shit. 
someone to message REI. Yeah, it, cause like, yeah, just a combination. You know, there's some places that you go after. I was sharing, sharing last night at dinner, like for vacation rentals. Um, it can be general searches. You have to get a little bit creative. You, you, the At least the Airbnb uh, platform does not allow you to reach out as a photographer. They'll report you. Uh, nice. So find, find that out. And if you get reported, I think it's two or three times, like you're off. Oh, shit. So, yeah, uh, I heard that it was, was as kind of a rumor with some other photographers uh, that I went to Ohio with and did kind of a creative photography retreat is uh, one of them shared that, yeah, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, they're not going to kick me off after one time. So I did, I did try it. And actually tried it for this particular trip to uh, Scottsdale. And sure enough, the person, you know, did report me. And then you get like, I would assume it was like an automated message. Those motherfuckers, man. And uh, said, you know, if you continue, <clears throat> if you continue to, uh, you know, reach out trying to, you know, sell your, your services, uh, you know, with your, with your website attached or whatever, I forget what the, you know, exact uh, language of the message was, you know, you, we would have to choose to, you know, basically kick you off. So I'm like, well, that's, that's true. So we won't go that way. So what I'm getting at is you can't reach out directly through. So what I've done is go and find places that fit what I want to shoot. And then you have to try and find, do they have uh, like an Instagram page or a direct website? Cause oftentimes they'll have a direct website because they don't want to give the cut to, you know, Airbnb, Airbnb. or VRBO. Makes sense. So if you can find them that way, then you don't get flagged. Uh, so that there's kind of some creative searching, uh, but, but, you know, people just have their first name as the host of that property. So if they don't have a website or a social media, you can't just find Dan with a, you know, with a small, you know, headshot. Like you're yeah. never, you're never going to find that, that property to be able to reach out. Outside. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I'll see like Leslie and it's right. a picture. Yeah. yeah. So, um, with that, uh, you got creative in that space of, uh, the vacation rentals for sure. And that's just, you know, some things I'm, I'm learning as I go and you'll, you know, I've sent, you know, hundred emails out or contacts messages, you maybe get five back, you know? So it's, it's a hustle. Yeah. you got to be willing to just, you know, fire, fire those messages out and dedicate the time to it. I mean, in terms of, you know, the, the brands, it's just, you know, like I said, it's the stuff that I enjoy using and trying to find, um, contacts, you know, searching their website to try to find like the, the appropriate contact, um, Maybe maybe diving in a bit more on Instagram if you can find any one you know individual person that works for that particular brand as a as opposed to just like an info at like most of the time you're not just in the number of emails that I've sent out for both music and photography when I see that it's like ah, there's a really good chance I'm not going to hear anything back but if you can find like a personal email or a personal inbox um, I've had more success with that so I don't know this isn't like a tried and true. Like I wouldn't even necessarily say to other photographers or musicians. Um, these are the things that have worked for me. I'm sure there's some better ways to go about it that I hope to learn about in the future. But this is where I've been able to find a little bit of success is using sort of this model with both music and photography. I mean, it's the same stuff that like we've done over the years. It's really not that different. I mean, back in the day when it's like if you wanted to be published in something, you mm -hmm. would reach out to who's the editor mm -hmm. who, and I would find every email I could and I just bless everybody. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Like if you think I suck, it's fine. I mean, like I met like Steve Shaw that way at muscle and strength. And like, he put me on, had me doing stuff where I don't know if like, I'm not saying I didn't deserve it, but I'm like, I'm writing stuff and I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart today. I'm sure I wasn't that smart, you know, back then, but I could get articles published and I could use my own photos and do the things. And so it helped build our stuff up. And it's really what we do now. Like all the brands that we work with, like I'm wearing all this soda clothing stuff. I'm like, they sponsor a lot of our shit. And I'm like, yeah. I just was like, Hey, I'm from Minnesota. I think this stuff is cool. Uh, 
can we have a an agreement where like we trade some shit and i'm like now that's like it's half my fucking outfit yeah i'm like but i was gonna buy the stuff anyway right and use it and the same thing with like athletic greens like we hooked up with those guys and like i'll get everybody's email and i'm like i just work my way up i'm like i just need mm-hmm. this i'm gonna get everybody's cell phone number i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i gotta do it's yours is the same hustle it's really it's what works because i'm like i'm gonna wear these clothes anyway i'm gonna take athletic greens anyway all the stuff works the same mm-hmm it's really so anybody can do it. Yeah. If you're willing to just hustle your ass off. Right. A big piece that I don't think we should just breeze past is, you know, it's really important that when you do get that opportunity then, then it's good work, you know, and that you're holding yourself to a high standard. That's where um especially um on the music side just because I've been doing that for longer is you play enough for for myself, play enough venues, play at enough weddings. Uh and you're there and you do gr- good work and people like, you know, what you're about then all of a sudden I don't have to send as many emails because it was just someone there, let's say at a wedding. I play a wedding ceremony in a cocktail hour. Well, there's a good chance there's someone there at that wedding who's getting married in the next year. And they're also looking for an acoustic musician to play during their ceremony. Or maybe they never thought about it. And during the ceremony, they they really appreciated you or liked what you were about and thought, like, that's an element that we want to add to our wedding. Or I've, you know, there's just, I've been fortunate to play at a lot of, you know, it could be a brewery or winery and someone's there who knows of another winery who always has live music. So like there, they might not have a direct contact, but I'm like, well, I know this place has live music. I'll reach out and I can even maybe reference someone who's like a wine club member who came up to me during my performance. Uh, You know, let's say Sarah came up to me at my performance. She's one of your wine club members. She mentioned you have live music. Uh, You know, would you be interested in, in working together? So I think it's, you know, if you can get the opportunity and then do good work, all of a sudden you you're getting that word of mouth and, and the marketing starts to take care of itself more. Um, and I'm really in those initial phases with, with photography right now, but I'm, uh, you know, thankfully already, already noticing some is referrals from brands to brands or have, you know, brands sort of, you can see they're sort of testing you out and you submit your work and all of a sudden out of nowhere, they have another product. Like when you initially asked, there was only one product they wanted you to, to shoot. Well, you shot that, you submitted uh, your photos and then all of a sudden there's another product. Well, there was there was two products to begin with, but they just wanted to see your work, see if you sucked or not. Yeah, yeah. And then so, um, thankfully, I've been you know fortunate to have you know submit that work and then have them reach right back out and say, hey, we also want you to shoot this. Can you do it in this setting? We're looking for more of this look. Do you think you could make that happen? And you're basically just building a resume or like a portfolio on the internet mm-hmm. for these guys to see, to look at, and it just builds over time. Mm-hmm. So when you do the music stuff. Uh, just because it's a different thing. Like how many live shows can you do before you're like, I'm just smoked, man. Cause I, I imagine it's like a, it's like a, you know, when you watch, you know, these people like in Vegas, mm-hmm. like oh, Britney Spears is going to do, I'm like, dude, it's like, it seems like it'd be so draining yeah. to come out and just like turn it on all the time. Like how, how often can you do that? So I think 2000, I think it was 2018 was, the most, I think it was 85 live performances in 2018. And that was on top of a full-time teaching job. And that was the most I ever did. And ever since that time, it's been more of a scaling back. That particular year was sort of where I'm at with photography right now. Like I'll play anywhere, like wherever you ask me, you know, to play, I think I was doing some shows for free. Um, That was, that was my limit, but that was a good year because I got, you know, I improved, improved. I feel like as a musician, got a lot of exposure, figured out though, those places, like I'm giving up, uh, you know, with a full-time job during that year, um, 
you know, my Friday, Saturday, Sunday often would give up all three days, you know, and I was driving, you know, up to three hours to perform. So you're really, you know, trading your time at that point. You got to love that shit. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you, you, I was figuring out that that was a good year because I figured out what is worth my time, what type of places. And I really started to try and figure out back to your initial question, how many times do I really want to play a month where, um, yes, this is, this is a business and I'm going to continue to operate it as a business, but I'm also still enjoying it. I'm not going to get burnt out, but I'm also able to enjoy those other things in my life where I don't always have to say no to friends if they want to get together on a Friday or Saturday, cause I always have music scheduled. So right now I'm at a point where, and that's one of the greatest things about pursuing your own I think it is about pursuing your own business. You alluded to it earlier is I can choose when to dial it up or when to pull it back. But on average, I would say four or five times a month for live performances. It's a lot. Yeah. I I mean, looking at when it was, you know, 85 in one year, that was, I mean, probably if you ask me that it's, I'm looking at eight to 10 a month of live performances. So that and was, you have a, and you have a real job and, and a full-time job on top of that. So, but I was, you know, I was at a point where I was just loving it. Now, if I did that today, I don't know if I'd last two months you know it would just be be too it would be too much for where i'm at right now and the different thing is is I'm, I'm in no way comparing myself to i don't know if i think it was like britney spears you referenced but like that big time music star they like you, live in the hotels right but when they're on stage in terms of performing granted like i'm on a, a bar stool when i play like they're up like moving around but their set is what 45 maybe an hour 45 minutes maybe an hour i mean I, the more famous you are i think it feels like the less well it's right like, you know who does it different like the a country people will do that if they're like if it's like a smaller show yeah like i think i use like aaron lewis as a reference mm-hmm. like because we'll go see aaron i don't listen to anything other than hip-hop but he's stained and he's his own thing and he'll play he'll always play the old stained shit if not people boo the hell out of it which is crazy yeah. but he'll be up there smoking cigarettes drinking booze for like three hours okay so and, yeah but he, that's different though because yeah. it's not and i don't know like when the whole band would play but i've been to shows where like you know kanye comes on sorry everybody um like i just remember one of the greatest concerts i ever went to i know he's fucking gone off the deep end but man it was like i swear this was the order like rihanna's there Usher's there, and then Kanye's the main headline. But it's kind of like Usher's and Kanye's tour. Usher wasn't Lupe, was it, or was it Usher? Because I, I that that same concert is when I was going to San Diego State. If if we're talking about the same concert, it's, it was Usher. I know it was Usher and okay. Kanye. And John Legend would play the fucking piano. Okay, so different <clears throat> different it's show. Like two thousand, okay. probably two thousand four. Okay, yeah, different show. I'm a kid. Yeah, you're a baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I remember going and like he comes out, you know, like. And maybe, yeah, maybe plays for, it couldn't even been an hour. Mm-hmm. There's no way. If he played six songs, that would have been it. Right. And that's no more than 40 minutes max. Right. Yeah. So what I was sharing is, is most of my gigs are three hours. And it's just you. And it's just me. So I'm a one-man band. So I'm playing 50 to 60 songs. Granted, it's different because there's that trade-off, right? Like they're up there truly entertaining and moving around. And like I said, I'm, you know, just situated. But on you got to sing and play the whole time. But it's the whole time. Like you're the only one making, you know, any music. So... With that, if if you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's nine hours of music. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 150 songs. So, like your voice alone, too. Like in in that time, um, you know, your vocal cords are a muscle. Oh, so, yeah. um, during that year, obviously, like you know, built that up and uh, yeah, just just figured out what what is worth it to me um, and to, and to keep things rolling here and you know keep this keep this a business, but also like let's let's not get burnt out on this where I never want to play music again. 
and it's a constant balance. It's 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 turning it up and turning it down in terms of that that changes just based off of you know what I'm feeling at that time. What's the opportunities that are available? Well, it's gonna be the same thing with photos too. Like yeah. there's certain things where you're like, eh, I don't want to shoot that. Like right. it seems like it wouldn't be fun. Yeah, I'm, and I'm figuring that out like right now, like as, as as we speak. Like where what do I really enjoy shooting? But oftentimes, I think other more experienced photographers would tell you it might be the stuff that you don't enjoy shooting that pays. You know, so you have to balance that as well. Unfortunately, can always be just like, oh, I love shooting this, and happens to be like the top dollar. They're gonna you know pay me the most money. And so it's a balance. Well, I think that's like it's if you take fitness, right? For example, people are like, oh, I want to be in fitness because I love exercise. I'm like, well, that's cool, dude, but that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. Like it's part of what we do, but most of your day you're not exercising. You're talking about it. You're coaching it. You're teaching it. You're helping people, but it's not actually what it is. And sometimes the things that you like to do, like if Sunday is like fun, we work out, there's no money in this. Like, this is not a thing. I go, tomorrow when I get my ass up and I do, or I get on my computer and I log into the app, we create these workouts. I go, not that I don't like creating them, but there's this tedious, like, data entry part of it where we have the team build some of it, but a lot of it is hand-to-hand combat. I'm like, I don't necessarily, like, love that. Like, I for me, the app is, if I give my own self as an example, the app is great. We work with a ton of people. It's awesome. We help them. They love it. It's cool. And I do like it, but it's not the same as being here with 15 people. Mm-hmm. It's a, But I, the money from this can't compete with that. And your stuff is the same thing. Like where maybe you love shooting, you know, dog pictures. And that's super cool, but that shit probably don't pay the same way it does. It's like, I'm going to shoot a wedding or I'm going right. to shoot like a real estate or whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, that's a, there's a balancing act there for sure. Yep. I'd imagine. Definitely figuring that out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing too, like, I guess if you went back and it was five years ago or maybe even not that far, like, did you think like this would be the trajectory or did you think like, you know what, I'm going to get a teaching job and I'm just going to teach for 50 years. I'll play music a little bit and that's just going to be it. It's constantly changing. Um, I try not to, I'm just not, I'm figuring that out. Like I'm not wired that way to look so far in advance is like, here's where I need to be or here's what's, um, you know, I, here's the trajectory of where I think my, my life is going. N- not to say I never look into the future. I think I, I do quite a bit of forward thinking, but more often than not lately, it's what, what am I going to enjoy today for the next week? What's, what's really filling me up? Can I make that work? And then how, how can I be successful in the next year doing this? Is it successful in five years? But I try not to rely too heavily on what that five, 10 years looks like. And maybe, Maybe that comes back to bite me. I don't know. But what will bite me more or will make me upset with myself is if I were to rely too much on what's 10, 20, 30 years down down the road. And you know what retirement looks like. Like I know it's a silly decision to not look at your retirement, but I'm not going to base my whole life off of that. Like I, I just refuse to do that. We could be dead right. for one. Exactly. Like that would suck. Or again, but even though like there's things we do now, like this podcast, for example, like is a big part of what we do now. And this wasn't a thing. Five, I think we just started like five years ago. Mm-hmm. So before that, it wasn't even an idea in my brain. Right. And now everybody and their brother kind of does one. It's become a medium that we do. Same thing with like shit. When we started this, there was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. Like a lot of things just they change and they shift and they move. But to think like, oh, this is the path I'm going to be on for 
40 years and this is what I'll do. I'm like, the way technology works and the world works, like it's moving so quick. Like if you don't adapt, man, it's like you become extinct for the most part. Right. Yeah. So being open to those new, new, new things that come along and learning like new systems. We spent a lot of time at dinner last night just being, you know, saying, uh, you know, all the things that, that come around and, um, you know, not being so married or, or, or glued to what you're currently doing, but staying flexible. Uh, that's something that, that I'm always open to. Well, and your interests change too. Yeah. Like what you thought was cool at 22 mm-hmm. is not the same at 42. Or what you think the reality of something is. And then you actually learn like what that is truly like. You're like, oh, I don't want to go down that path. Oh, like that. I, I look at everything as how much work it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't look at the, the prize or the money or the thing. The first question we ask when we get any opportunities here, I'm like, how much work do I have to do? And does it seem like work to me? Is it something that naturally I'm good at and I like, or is it something that I'm going to have to put this effort into where it's going to feel like work? And Heather and I, like I can talk shit about her cause I'm married to her. Like Heather will come on here like during the pandemic and I was pulling her out of the gutter cause she's just like, I'm furloughed. My life sucks, blah, blah, blah. And we're all fucking miserable. And I'm like, you're going to come here and you're going to talk on this thing. And I don't give a shit. And I'm like, it's not going to be work. It's going to be fun. So I don't care. I don't want it to feel like a job because if it feels like a job, like I don't want to do it. But, I guess the point is like, you never know like how things evolve and change and shift and like what you think is cool and, and what it does look like. And that's why I tell people the kids that come work here or like inquire, I'm like, you don't want to do what I do, dude. Like, and I'm not saying that like I'm better and you're worse. It's not that I go, but my process is going to be way different than yours. And what you think this is versus what this is are two different things. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you don't know sometimes unless you're in it or unless you can get a behind the scenes look of like, okay, I really want to be a musician until you see like what some of these dudes like who that's all they do and they live and breathe it all the time. Like they're fucking dying for that Mm -hmm. to make it work. And that might be what you want to do. Or you might want to be in like a kickball league and like go to the beach and hang out and you don't want to play music, you know, seven nights a week and all these random fucking places. But you don't know that until you try or at least somebody paints the picture for it. And I think from the outside, we just see it as like, oh, that's super cool and free or that seems super secure. But you don't know. Right. So you live it. Well, I can say that like just being here the past two days and coming to the, you know, the workouts yesterday morning uh, and, and this morning and then the work that you're putting in behind the scenes, you know, I feel like I know you pretty well and I've watched you, you know, you know, take off on social media. And most of the time being that I don't live in Scottsdale, I'm, I'm following you through social media and can, even though I know you really well, it creates this perception of, you know, just how awesome, not, I'm not saying your life is awesome. I think, you know, life is pretty awesome, but you, you just see that piece of it. And then I come here and I really am able to put myself in your shoes. We were here early both days. And then I left yesterday and you stayed back and you kept working and just being here for that short amount of time. And I was here for, you know, two days out of this week. And I think maybe a little bit of the slower two days being that it's, it's the weekend, but still yeah. just seeing the amount of work and knowing you as good as I do is like, no, it's still like, a grind, like still putting in some serious hours and you just, you don't capture that through like the social media platform. No. And it's like, you don't want to freak people, <laughs> freak people out or paint a picture. Cause I'm like, you don't have to do it this way. I have friends who do it different. Like BJ Gadur does it different than I do. Ben Novak does it different than I do, but this is like my process and how we do it. But no matter what it is, we're all working our faces off. Like that's kind of part of it. And you can pick and choose your spots. And I do too. But you can't see that because, like, what am I going to show that on social? Like, again, is it hard? Sure. 
in one context, but in the same sentence, this is not fucking hard at all. Like, I'm not, they're not dropping me off in fucking Iraq, dude, and be like, hey, man, good luck. Like, no, I get to drive to Scottsdale and to a building with my fucking name on it, and I can play Tupac or Metallica, and we can do exercise and bullshit. I go, but it does take your life energy. Mm-hmm. It requires this Herculean effort to make it work, just like music does, just like photography does. Anybody who's good at anything has basically had to like die to get there. Mm-hmm. And if they want to stay there, they either have to build like systems or there's certain things that you have to do to keep it where it's at. But again, Instagram is a Snapchat. Cause if I look at your stuff, I'm like, Oh, he's just, cause Heather would somebody ask me like, what does Matt do for work? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Oh my guess He just drives around in the wilderness and then fucking plays at bars. Like seems pretty sweet, yeah. you know, but like, we don't know you're teaching. Maybe we do. I don't can't even remember. Like we were like, well, maybe he's teaching all fucking day. And then he's going to play these things only in his little gaps of free time. And then when he does take a vacation, he posts the pictures on there, but not knowing that you're working really. I mean, if you include drive time and shift, cause that is working like 70, 80 hours a week to like try to make it happen. Yeah. But someone from the outside just sees it as like, Oh, that seems super. And it is super sweet because you're doing what you want to do, but right. you're tired and mm-hmm. you're, you always have to give up stuff. It's just like being super fit. Like I always tell people like there's, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, are you willing to give up this to do this? Like you're, when you're doing that year of playing music a hundred times, you're not in three fantasy football leagues. You're not doing, uh, in the men, you know, lifetime men's basketball league. Like not, all that shit's gone. Mm-hmm. You're probably not even watching fucking TV most of the time. Cause I'm like, I got my real job. I still need to exercise. And Oh, by the way, I have a girl in my life who probably wants to fucking see me some of the time. So it's like, you're stretched pretty thin if you're trying to do it all. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's it's still, still what we do here. I, I've, you know, asked myself in those moments, though, it's some of the other things that I could be doing or having a job where everything really is dictated by, you know, having a boss that maybe you don't you don't care for. And even on my worst days of playing music where maybe I'm getting spilled on or I've played places where they'll put me right next to the door and I'll literally be, you know, singing a song and someone opens the door and all of a sudden the mic stand swings away. So you're just sitting there playing guitar singing and all of a sudden you don't have any vocal, you know, no vocal microphone because I got hit by the door. Jesus. You know, so there's, you know, it, but even in those moments, it's like, would, if I had a choice, it can make money doing something, would I would I rather have it be something else? And it's, you know, the answer is no. Or you'd be at a place, in, in, I played beautiful places in San Diego, and there's, th- 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 like three weeks ago, played uh, overlooking the ocean um, at a, a really nice high-end restaurant there um, in an infinity pool. So like the most beautiful setting. So one of the best sunsets of my life. There was two people there for three hours. It's just, they were hitting their off season. So it's in a place that's normally busy. They're trying to figure out their music schedule. Um, I was booked through an agency that I work with. And even in that moment, you know, you're playing for two people. And it's like, what? I'd just rather, you know, be somewhere else, you know, right now. But then when you start comparing it to, you know, is this really work? You know, I should be so lucky to be sitting here and playing music yeah. overlooking the ocean. Like, I have, you know, no right to want to be anywhere else or to complain. Um, so I really try to, you know, really, you know, just, just ask myself those questions in those moments where, you may just be like, ah, this isn't, this isn't all that fun or maybe not what it looks like from the outside is like, well, would you really rather be somewhere else? Like, look at how fortunate and and lucky you are to be in this situation and calling your own shots. You know, that's, that's really important, at least to me, to me in my life. And, um, I've just found that I want to put myself in situations where I can, I can be in the driver's seat. I can be the one creating. Well, and those two, like they're, I met like John Berardi was on here and he shared a story like when he did like one of his first, 
uh, talks at like a conference and I don't think anybody showed up mm-hmm. like zero people. Now, obviously the guy goes on to create precision nutrition and is worth like a hundred million dollars. And so, you know, who's laughing now, but he shares that story. And I'm like, obviously he's not a dummy and, but yet no one showed up and no one gave a shit. And it's a, it's like a humbling thing. Like when you think you're, you're super awesome. Like I've talked with Hannah Eden about this before too. She's like, we can get a thousand people into a program on the internet, but I can't get 10 people to show up at 8 a.m. in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And I go, bro, it's the same shit here. Like, I'll be here, like, if I have to cover for some people, and maybe it's Christmas time or it's whatever, and we got a group, and it's, there's three of them. There's three people here. And I'm like, well, fuck, dude. I'm like, I'm going to be as awesome for these three people as I am for, you know, 3,000 people on the internet. It really doesn't matter. It's all the same stuff. And I think about it, and it's against how you frame it, though. Like, you have perspective and a level of gratitude where most people – Probably don't, but it's your, also your own shit. So you care about it so much more. So if I'm here and I got a cover for somebody who's sick and I'm stuck and I've been here for 12 hours, but if I want to keep the gym open and I want to have this community, it's kind of what I have to do. So I'm like, well, there's the three people here. I'm not like, well, fuck it. I got to stay here just for these three people. I'm like, no, I have the opportunity to talk to these three people. I don't get to see a lot. And I'm like, really, what am I doing? Like it, it, it's probably one of the best parts of their day. And, you know, maybe I'm a little bit tired for a day, but I'm like, who gives a shit? Because my alternative is I'm working at fucking enterprise, washing cars with a suit on, hating my life. And I'm like, why, why would I trade this for that? Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes, and again, I'm not telling people what to do with your life and I'm not saying quit your job and, and go do, you know, talk about care bearers on the internet. I'm not saying that I go, but at some point you got to ask yourself, like there's, there is a balance there between making money and doing kind of what I like to do. And I think sometimes people just sell their dreams for money. You know, and that's really kind of what everybody does. Like, it's at the end of the day, like, hey, I really want to, you know, do photography, but I'm going to go sell insurance instead because insurance I can make $67,000 a year guaranteed. And in photography, I might make $0. So this is the safer bet. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, well, then your dream is worth 67K mm-hmm. essentially. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I just seems like for me, I'd be like, fuck, dude, I'd rather try and do this and like suck shit and make $33,000 a year. Heather probably leave me. I'm like, but I'll do it because then I would be happy, you know, because I can do my own thing where if I'm sitting in some office making 150 or $200,000 a year, but I'm just miserable, like that would never be worth it for me. Yeah. It's an individual decision. What's worth it to you? You know, is it, a, is it, is it a dollar amount? Is it the flexibility in your life, the life that you get to live? Um, and it's not the same answer for, for everyone, but I think being open to that that point in the road where maybe you may be able to take that turn or dot, you know finally dive into that thing you've always wanted to do, um, I would encourage anybody who's listening. Like there's a there's definitely a, a smart time to do it or a smarter time. And I've heard you share this um, earlier on on other podcasts. And it's not like a concrete answer. You know, it's different for everybody. But I would say you know turn turn the volume up on that a little bit and maybe initially you think you have the right time, but you just, you don't, for whatever reason, it's not, you decide to not go, um, and, and make that move. Don't, don't just silence that. Be willing to listen to it again in the future. If it, if it comes back around, if it consistently comes back around or, you know, I guess I'll use myself for an example. If you hit this true point where you're just like kind of done with, you know, fuck it, dude. Uh, yeah. What, what, uh, you know, relying on others and do, jumping through all these hoops to try and make this one thing work. And then it still didn't work. Um, if you have that other thing that is, you know, you've been working on on the side or something you've always wanted to go do, go do it. You can always go back. 
Like if you believe in yourself and your abilities, like I know I can always go back and be a full-time educator. I just, I believe in myself. I believe I can go and provide quality education for students and go back and get a full-time job, uh, you know, doing that if, if I want, but I'm, not, I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to go do that and just continue to wonder and then teach for 30 years and still be wondering what would it have been like had, had I like paired that idea of, of being a musician and a photographer together and um, re- really given that a true chance. What, what would that have been like? What we were talking about before the podcast started, eventually, no matter how good you, you know, you, you take care of yourself and your, your health and wellness and you know, how mobile you stay as life rolls on, you're eventually going to get more tired. Just like you'll hit a certain age where, guess what, your strength is not going to be what it was when you were 25 or whatever age, when you were at your strongest. There's going to be energy and just, you know, the amount of time you want to put into something, you're going to hit an age where you, you just, even if in your mind you want to go do that thing, there's going to be other factors that just don't allow you to go and do that. So while you can, I, I would just encourage you, just go do it. Yeah, I mean, there's not, I know people sometimes like get salty about this, but it is real. Like, skills do diminish like as great as LeBron is he's not going to be better in five years like he's just not and that's the same I, I quit like you might think you can do the same things as time goes on but some things do go and it's the not even like the physical skills sometimes it's just the mental the motivation to do it and someone and I go what do you mean by that I go if I had to start over today like from scratch but I'm 39 and I'm not 23 year old me and knowing all the shit I have to do, I'll be like, fuck, bro. Like, the ego in me is like, fuck yeah, dude, I'd crush it. And then there's part of me is like, dude, your wife will leave you for sure. Like, that's going to happen. But I just don't know if I would have the energy to give everything I have to do all the time. Because I'm not 23. I can't go on four hours of sleep. I can't drink with my buddies, work out, do all the stuff, and recover. Like, it just is different. And I'm not telling you, you know, go quit your stuff today. But you're never going to have more time than you do today. And there's not a perfect time. Like when you think like, oh, hey, this is the perfect time for me to do it. It probably wasn't like moving across the country and like having a job and then having like no fucking job is probably not the brightest thing of all time to do. I go, but maybe in the same sense, it is the perfect time if you frame it a different way. Mm-hmm. Like I think of it like a like my old man I drove a truck for 33 years. I'm fucking miserable. I talk about this all the time. He's Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Hate his life. Gets fired. You know, it's salty for a while. Now he runs the um, the transit, the T-bus. He's yeah, in charge of yeah. that. Bought the contract, did the whole thing. It's his own business now. And I'm not saying he's like a ray of fucking sunshine, but it's like he's the happiest he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Now, for him, he thought like, okay, this is my path. This is it. I go, and how old was he at the time? Got to be fucked damn near 60. But he gets fired from a job that he thinks that, first of all, he was miserable and he hated it. Best thing that ever happened to him. Like, it's just sometimes these opportunities just come your way. So it's like for you, like, hey, if it keeps coming around, well, hey, man, you can teach here. Oh, fuck it. You suck. You can't teach here. That's the sign, dude. Mm -hmm. And I think those are around people a lot more than they realize. If you're just willing to look at it, like for my old man, I don't think at the time he looked at it like, oh, this is an opportunity. He's like, I got fired. I don't have money, blah, blah, blah. But it turned into an opportunity because you're capable of so much more. Mm -hmm. And if if you kept that shitty job, you'd have lived a completely different life. And that's like real shit. So, I mean, again, I don't know what everybody's path is, but I just know if I was doing something that was not this, nobody would listen to me. No one would hear me. No, one, I would be a completely different person. Right. Like the trajectory of my life is completely different because 
I moved and like took a risk. And I would tell anybody the same thing. Like to your point, I can always go work at enterprise, bro. No offense. If you work at enterprise, I'm sure it's a fine place, but like that would suck, but I can always go do that. Like that's not hard. And this is this, you got to really try, especially when you begin. But you love doing it. Yeah, dude. I thought like you sent me a, a note and you wrote, you know, legacy versus like, you know, finding a great balance and fulfillment in life and whatever. And I'm like, I look at it two ways because, like, I'll talk about it. Like, because it's a motivational thing. Like, oh, this is my legacy. This is what I do. And I joke here in the groups because, like, you know, you're popular on the internet, whatever. I come in here. It's like, I'm a fucking bum. Nobody cares. Um, so I'm here at 6 a.m. and I got 20 people and, like, none of these guys listen to me. And I'm, and I'm sitting here, like, trying to just, like, walk them through, like, five exercises. And they've been here for 10 years. So they know basically 99% of what's going to happen. And I'll sit and look at somebody. And I'm like, this is my life's work, dude. I'm here and nobody gives a shit and I'm just talking and I'm here and it's not true because they do care. And, but you, in the same sentence, it like, there's a legacy piece to it of how you make people feel and their impact. But if we're all being real, like a hundred years from now, 200 years from now, no one's going to fucking remember we were here. No one's going to give a shit. Like even, you know, like you remember Michael Jordan, but they'll be like, who this fucking old guy? Like he sucks, dude. Like, and I hate to say that, but like, that's just how it goes. Like Prince, we're from Minnesota. Prince died, dude. Fucking Prince, bro. Like purple rain. We cared for like a fucking day. And then it's just like, ah, eh, fuck it. Let's go on with our life because we got shit to do. And I share that not to be super depressing, even though it is. Um, so legacy matters. But to me, it's like part of that is just like you're enjoying the process of what it is. Like it can't just be about legacy. It can't just be about money. It can't just be about retirement. It can't just be about, you know, being fake famous on the internet. It has to be like, you genuinely just enjoy like what the fuck you're doing most days because that's really all there is. Mm -hmm. And you got to spend your time doing something. So it might as well be something that gives you meaning, but more importantly, you have to, even if it like sucks, you still kind of like it in some masochistic way. Like we do these workouts. They suck, dude. Like some of these workouts are terrible. Like doing like split squats. I don't care who you are. If you're doing them right, they suck. Like it's not fucking fun. I go, but I look forward to it in a certain way because I learned something. It teaches me something. I get something from it. And I think your career, like in what you do for life has to do that too. Otherwise you're just kind of going through the motions and like, what the fuck are we even doing if it's not fun? Yeah. I think on this topic of discussion, the perception from outsiders too, in terms of, you know, what you, what you truly do is something that, that I've battled with. I don't know if you've, you've dealt with that, you know, at all in terms of, um, you know, making this transition for myself. It's, I feel like in conversation, we're perhaps geared more towards when someone asks, Oh, what did you know? Kind of the water cooler talk. What is, what is it that you do for work? If you're able to, you know, say that, that oh. full-time jobs as, as opposed to trying to explain someone, maybe, you know, in myself kind of doing something, a little, I would say a little bit untraditional, you know, with, with music and photography is like, I, I've just found myself in those conversations just being like, I don't really want to try and describe what it is that I do. And that's something that I've battled with. Cause it's so much easier just being like, oh, I'm an educator. I'm a full-time educator. I'm a teacher. You know, you don't need to explain much more than that. Most people know what a teacher does, what the job entails, what your schedules, you know, you don't need to go into detail. And it's just, I don't know. I've found myself that being a deterrent at different times, like just being like, I don't want to have to, but that again, that's outside perception of some, what someone else has thought of me from a, 60 second conversation that I might have to have from time to time versus like what I'm living every single day. Yeah. That's probably the one thing I don't care. I, I, here's how I describe it now. Like I played basketball like my whole life and like 
so did our buddy Dave Drees. And for a long time, like people would, we'd meet people who would say like, oh yeah, I played basketball here. Like we would never say anything because I don't even want to get into the nuance of it. Like we're not going to be buddies. We're not going to play pickup. We're not going to be the same. And I share that story just because now when I'm places, I just say, we run a fitness company and I hope mm-hmm. they don't ask any questions beyond that. I don't personally give a shit. It doesn't matter to me, but Heather for the longest time, it drive it would drive her nuts and it still does because what we do, we keep stats. That's what we do. Um, as Americans, everything is, is tied to like education level, um, prestige or money, something like that. And so so-and-so's a doctor. Oh my God. They're so smart. They might be, and speaking freely, I know a lot of doctors, no offense, who are smart at one thing, and they're dumb as shit at everything else. And that's for every career, but yet we don't equate that to do that. So when you say to someone, oh, what do you do? I'd, I'd play music for a living. They're like, oh, this dude's broke. Um, you're not famous, so you must suck, and you don't have any money. That's not true. I go, but that's what people do. So I understand that for people when... You know, they have to say like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. And I always give the example of Bobby Flay. Like Bobby Flay is a chef, dude. And so is the dude at Waffle House. Mm-hmm. They ain't the fucking same, man. Like they're just completely different. And it shouldn't matter to you, but it is a weird a weird thing because if, you, if you're not happy with like what you're doing and you're not getting fulfillment from it, it will bother you more for sure. And I don't mean that in a negative way or you're not reaching the level of like success you think you need to reach because we do equate it to to money and education and how successful you are. And I'll share this story quick because it happened here. Um, this girl was here for years and it's like probably after 6 a.m. There's like 10 of us around or maybe it was a Saturday. I can't remember. And she came up to me and she's like, Jeremy, you know, is Heather cool like that? You do this? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, is she cool? Like you, you do this for a living? Like, you know, like she kind of supports this fitness thing you do. And she meant like, from like a monetary standpoint that like she thought my wife, this was like a hobby for me and that Heather made all the money and I was just here just kind of like hanging on. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, are you confused at at what, what this is here? And she's like, well, you know, you don't drive a fancy car. You don't wear super fancy clothes. You know, you just live in like a normal house. And that's when it clicked for me. I'm like, oh yeah, these, this person has no fucking idea and no offense to Heather. She's great and crushes it. She ain't making more money than me. Like ain't even fucking close. Like this will crush anything like she will do, but I also work a hundred hours a week and it should. But the point is, is that this person thought that this was like a fuck around hobby for me. And I was just like this dirtbag mooch off my wife to like not get a real job. And you can't fix that until, I mean, we're the new generation. I think it'll be different because if you go to somebody older and say, oh, I just do YouTube, they're probably like, oh, you're a loser. Dude, I had a couple in here that has to be doing at least half a million dollars a year just doing YouTube, or you just do a podcast, or you just do photography. Like, there's people who crush, but it's new, though. Mm-hmm. And so that's a hard spot for people to get into, and especially if you're new to something and you tell people that, they don't understand it. I mean, fuck, dude. There are people now who say, like, oh, I do OnlyFans, which, hey, man, who am I, who am I to judge? <laughs> but, I'm like, if you're making 300 k a year and you're okay with it, like, that's not for me to judge if that's, like, what you want to do. But you'd equate that to, oh, well, you know, Rick is a teacher or so-and-so is a lawyer. He must crush it. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but, yeah, that is a new 
nuanced thing that people, I think, in entrepreneurship have to get comfortable with. Yeah, I think, if it, like you said, if it's important enough to you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But it is, there is this, uh, at least for myself, I guess we're all different, but there has been this and is this learning curve of me, you know, being like, oh, that's just, it, that doesn't matter, you know, that I'm, I'm staying on, you know, the, my mission, the path that I'm on and it, that, that perception versus what's really reality like that, that's what matters, you know, to me. It's probably 1% of me cares if I'm being completely okay. transparent, probably 1% because here's the, here's how the conversation goes. I'm at a wedding, right? Oh, what do you guys do? I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Um, just tell them I sell insurance. Like you do something just similar. Um, Heather will go over her whole spiel. She'll be like, oh, I'm a global blah, blah, blah. And they're like, nod their head like they have any clue what she does. And that's what people do to me. Like they'll tell me what they do. And I'm like, oh yeah, I have no idea really what you're even saying. What do you do? Uh, I own a fitness company. What's it called? Oh, fuck. Um, it's just my name. Uh, Jeremy Scott Fitness. Oh, so you like own a gym. I'm like, well, yeah, we do that. And we have an app and like a podcast and stuff. And they're just like this fucking clown dude. And then the next thing will be like, oh, yeah, well, um, my cousin Roger's in a, a trainer too. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now me and Roger are the same. And maybe Roger's way better than me and he crushes it. But now we're in the same boat. And that's where I'm just like, oh, fuck. And Roger's 24 and I'm damn near 40. So now I look like a complete fucking turd. And that's where, yeah, it is a little bit weird. When you say 1% of you cares, has that changed at all in terms of when you started and where you are now? Because in terms of like outsider looking in, I would say maybe that has changed, maybe not, but maybe easier to sit here today with the success that you've had to be able to feel like you have, you know, legs to stand on to, you know, is what you're sharing is that, you know, you still kind of go through that. I don't really want to explain, but has that changed at all as time has when gone you, on? When you first start doing it, it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, I run my own company and then <clears throat> they figure out it's your name and you sound like a dipshit and you got about like five whole people working for you. Um, and when you're young, I think it's like, it's okay, you know, and I think that's kind of the, the, oh, you're going to try different things, whatever, you know, you're not really going to do this, you know, for your life. And then you get older and you're like, yeah, this is what I really do. And it's different because I get so much positive feedback, like from everybody here, emails, you know, text, Instagram, there's people who just come here to come in here, take pictures with us. So there's this, I do one of the only jobs I think where you get this deeper meaning. Like, and you get this feedback that other people don't get. You probably get some of it with what you do, but the messages that like Heather and I get, like these long form emails and messages, Hey, you saved me during the pandemic. You changed. I'm like all this shit that like, I didn't really save you. You saved yourself. You just heard me say some shit and it hit you at the perfect time. And like, I'm not going to take credit for that, but we get so many things that a normal person doesn't get. It's probably easier to, to not give a shit, but in the same note, like these guys know me and a lot of people know. And if I go like we did in this event for Morgan Stanley like a month ago. And these people are probably like, who's this fucking turd? You know, and that's just kind of how I, I think about it. I'm like, these guys don't know me. They don't give a shit. Let me just be the best I can be for them. But they don't think of me as anything other than like their local trainer at Lifetime. And that's okay because I know like what I really do. Um, but you have to know that. And it, when you're first starting out or you're kind of getting into it and it's not gaining the traction you want or it's not moving fast enough, that's where it gets tough. Cause you're like, well, I'm not really crushing it. And they're like, well, maybe do I suck? Am I not that good? Am I just a fucking bum fitness guy? Uh, but if you're working your ass off, like it'll change, but yeah, it's never, it's just weird because it's, it's still so new where you can't just tell people like, Oh, we have a podcast or we have an app. They're like, Oh, fuck you, dude. Like it'd be tough. And yours is probably even worse than mine. I don't know. 
fitness is about as bad as music and photography probably. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough spot, man. But you got to get comfortable with it and you'll be okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to piss my pants here pretty soon. What, um, what am I forgetting, man? Anything? I think we've, yeah, I think we've hit on just, just about everything. So what's next, man? Like what's the, what's the trajectory? You know, it's, uh, not to be boring, but just kind of much of the same of, of, like how do you, how are you going to split it up? Like it's going to be the new year. Do you're like, Hey, here's kind of what I, do you have an outline of anything? Like, Hey, here's what I'm, here's my goal of what I want to shoot. Here's, you know, cause I don't like, yeah, we set goals here. Yeah. Kind of. But if I'm being honest, like I just kind of do and let things kind of just, I mean, uh, we, we map out stuff, but I just like, I just want to keep doing what I need to do, like do my stuff Yeah. and it's going to work out. But uh, yours is so like we have fulfillment stuff. So if, Hey, athletic greens is like, here, here's, here's what podcasts we have to do and certain sponsorship things. So like, I need to do this many per month, but yours is not that. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to do this much in photography. Here's my goal. And or this much music or do you just let it be fluid. I'm, I'm much of the same. Let it be fluid. Um, I do have uh, a couple of goals that are not necessarily just for the next year. One of them is, you know, I'd like to shoot at, you know, vacation rental, you know, 12 times or what averages to, to once a month. Um, I think that's good with like in, in terms of like travel schedule. Um, ideally all of those would be like in a different state. And then the other uh, goal that has come to mind lately is just kind of like a, like a lifetime goal with music is to try and perform in all 50 states. Uh, that's not something I'm going to accomplish in this next year. Um, but uh, that's, that's something kind of long-term that, that's cool. I'd like to maybe, you know, be able to be able to try that. I think I have the the foundation in place if I can get some, you know, venues who are or nice enough to let me come out and, and perform. I think that'd be really cool. And we, you know, when we discuss legacy a little bit, something that you can look back on. And, and if I don't do it, it's not going to be like, oh, that was all just a waste. But that was just something that kind of came to mind this past year is like, you know, I've played in a number of states already. Is there a way that I could work this next year on towards a bigger goal? What could that bigger goal be? wonder if I could ever knock out all 50 states. So those are the two that come to mind for kind of one for each, for both photography and music. Yeah. Uh, but I'm more just just fluid, you know, just staying on top of um, another one that I mentioned that just came to mind or will mention that just came to mind is reaching out to like one uh, possible brand or photography opportunity every single day or what equals, you know, 365 at the end of this next year. So kind of playing that numbers game. Like if you just make enough contacts and they, you know, your, your, your work is worth it and you prove your worth to that brand or, you know, just, I've found through everything that, that, that I've been involved in is that, and I'm sure you've found this as well as just that power of connection. Someone knows so-and-so who also needs this work done. So if I can just connect and meet with, with more individuals, um, and maybe they don't need anything that they don't need any photography work at that time, but we'll keep you in mind if a project comes up, you know, just, just that connection is so important. And I, I have found that just can lead to so many opportunities down the road. So just, yeah, reaching out as much as possible, trying to contact 365 different places, brands, people that I want to work with, uh, for photography is another goal that I have specifically for this, for this next year. I mean, that's every, I mean, if anybody who's listening and wants to do their own thing, like you start to hear, you can't just bullshit it. Like, yeah, you might not be playing music every day or shooting photography every day, but there's work every day. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is. Like you're without all that backend work, none of that other shit's ever going to happen. And that's when you see like, Oh, here's an Instagram video or here's this. I'm like, I remember, and I shared the story before in here, when Kevin Curry, who's Fitman Cook on Instagram, I don't know, he's got a million people, maybe more. Um, he's taught, we spoke at the same event 
and he talked right before I did. And this is when Instagram, I'm old. So Instagram is 15 second videos, I believe at first. And he would, and it's food. So food is, is a different animal, bro. Like all together, like video it, photo it, you name it. He goes for this 15 second video, it takes me about four hours. So every 15 second video you see of mine takes at least four hours from start to finish. And that's when it clicked for me. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like this is a different level of a dude who's not playing around. And like for your stuff too, like if you want to book gigs and you want to get stuff like it's not just a numbers game. It's a consistency thing too. And you show up and you do good work. And most people, honestly, nowadays, like if you can just show up on time and like do a fucking good job, man, like people will call you back to like the barrier for entry it's, I'm not saying it's gotten low because it is competitive, but man, like the amount of people who just like are fucking lazy with it and they just won't do the work. But if you're, you're willing to be psycho enough to message 400 people to go out and do work, like something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it takes. I mean, you, you're yeah. working more now than you would have had a full-time job. Yeah. You very quickly realize when you go off on your own that nothing's just going to happen on its own. And if you think you have a day off, there's something that you could be doing in order to advance and improve be more successful it's weird because like i don't have there's no anxiety but i wake up with like the sense of urgency like still like every day i wish i could get rid of it but it's like a gift though where i'm like okay how much can it's almost like a game though like how much can i get done today like how much stuff can i squeeze in here so i can you know and again i'm like everybody else i have to have you know whether it's work-life balance or whatever the fuck that even means there's a time where I do turn it off in the day, but I want to get X, 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 X done. And this is how I have to do it. And there's really not a day that goes by. I mean, you could, I guess you could take complete days off if you did that. But early on, I don't mm-hmm. think you can afford to do it. And even when you get later on, like there's always going to be something you probably do because you just love parts of it. Yeah. And you would do it anyway. Molly always says you, you'd never sit still. So that's one of her biggest things. I guess I've got to, I got to work on that is, uh, you never said so just come sit down for a second but but it's like much, but like much you said there's there's things to be done and I, i'm in, i'm enjoying it you know but like do you like do you really need to now and right i'm not arguing with anybody like do whatever works for you could i go have watched more vikings games in the last 10 years with my friends for sure but i wouldn't be here mm-hmm. and i can still watch the games now but this wouldn't have happened and I guess the point is, is I, oh, I need to sit down and rest. I'm like, yeah, you can when you're old as fuck and like life kind of forces you to rest if that's who you are. But if you're still getting motivated by it and inspired by it, then just fucking do, man. Like it's your process. Like that's why I say like, is the running the gym a pain in the ass? Fuck yeah, it is. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Is it way easier to be on the internet right now? Yes. And it can make way more money for sure. But this is part of my process. So if I can't be doing this, okay, I'm done with the internet today. Now I'm at home. Well, I'm going to watch a series on Netflix. I'm going to go play fucking golf. And that's cool for somebody else. I don't want to do that. Like I have zero interest in that other kind of normal life at this point. Now I need to do some of those things. Like I need to walk my dog. Like there's certain things I have to do. But yeah, I don't want to just stop and fucking hang out and hope for the best because it's nothing good's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, where can these guys uh, find you at? Like all your handles, everything? Yeah, main uh, kind of the main... Uh, primary handle that I work through is just Matthew. What's R- your TikTok? <laughs> no TikTok. Oh, yeah. Man, bro. Not a TikTok guy. Maybe I'm missing out there. Maybe that's a, a goal I need to make for the next year is get a TikTok account rolling up. Uh, 
coming up here in the next year. But uh, Matthew R. Brown, Brown is B-R-O-W-N-E on Instagram. Uh, photography website is, uh, you know, www.matthewbrownphotography.com and music is www.mattbrownmusic. I'll put these uh, in the show notes, but your stuff is also like Spotify, Apple. Right. Yeah, you can find yeah most um, all my music you know projects whether it's uh, original music or cover songs you can find it on Apple Music and Spotify just by searching Matt Brown. How does that work? Like if you play somebody else's shit, they, don't, some, they yes. don't care. No, there's some licensing things that you need to do in, in advance. Yeah, in order to because on my Spotify I'll do I'll just put like acoustic shit or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I get somebody playing like turn the page from Metallica. Yeah, how does it Metallica gets paid for that? Yeah, you you. They end up making some money, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not it's it's not you who's <laughs> it's not you who's making the money off yeah. of, off of doing a cover tune. So. And how does that work on Spotify? You can just load your shit up from anywhere. Uh, there's there's different uh, entities, websites that you you load up the music to that website, and then they take care of the rest. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And there's you know a few associates they make money based off of you know the process that you go through or work through with them. And how do people get paid? I'm just curious on Spotify. Like, I mean, I think it's a different deal for when you're talking about your your big artists. Your Eminem. Yeah, I just I get I mean it's just pennies. Uh, yeah. Through this, the, um, it's called CD Baby. That that's where I send all my music when it's done. Yeah. And if enough people listen, they'll, they'll send me a few bucks once every you know. It's kind of like a, like a monetize like YouTube model mm-hmm. similar, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because when you start looking at some of these people's numbers, you're like, holy shit, dude! Like in the billions. Yeah. Which is crazy. I think the first YouTube video was the, was it Rick Isley? Is that his, the guy? Never gonna get, never gonna let you down. Yeah. Yeah. That's I believe it. so. I think he's the one where, right? I think it's a billion views. Wow. He had like a billion views on YouTube. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was that. But on Spotify, there's people who have a billion streams. Yeah. On songs. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Because like my Dave Lorenzo, who was here today, like he used to do that forever work for Warner Brothers. And he'll, he'll come in here and play all this shit. I don't know, like winger and like rat and shit like way before we were born and i'll look at it and i'm like oh people really do listen to this shit which is really trippy to kind of see the how big those numbers get so i was just confused like how i'm sure how everybody gets monetized is a little bit different it's different especially yeah. when you're the big dogs yeah. yeah yeah definitely so yeah it's on spotify mattbrownmusic.com mattbrownphotography.com and matthew r brown on instagram i dig it dude um yeah, I'll put all this in the show notes. I'll see you down there. I appreciate it, brother. Hey, thank you so much. This is good shit, dude. Hopefully people learn something about fitness or entrepreneurship and something in between. Good stuff, brother. Um, you guys, if you guys want to check out the Jeremy Scott Fitness app, it is in the show notes as well. We'll give you guys a free week. If you want a sample of Athletic Greens, hit me up. I'll send it to you. If you want the Beam CBD Dream product, we'll give you a sample of that. All the other sponsors are in the show notes. Give Matt uh, a follow. He takes dope pictures and plays good music if you're into, is it all country music? It's not all country music. It has a country backbone, most of it. But yeah, yeah kind of country pop. Yeah, my wife plays a lot of country music. Um, I've been to a lot of country concerts. Probably not my favorite uh, of all time. But I appreciate how good people are. Like, even if I don't know, I'm trying to think like a show, <clears throat> like Kenny Chesney. It's like a fucking Vegas show. Mm-hmm. And he's very talented. Now, I don't know one word to one song which makes it harder to follow along to. But I'm like, or like Chris Stapleton. You're just like, okay, yeah, this dude don't sound like everybody else. Like, it's different. So, um, you're talented, man. Appreciate um, it. Sky's the limit, brother. We'll have you back on, too, when you guys get out here because we come back and forth a lot. So, um, yeah, give Matt a follow. It's well worth it, you guys. Uh, and I'll be back on Friday. 
um, with Dougie White as well. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.